1212, I go by the name of DJ Wood, and you're now listening to the original Jeek Podcast. Let's go! Ready to make an entrance, so backward! What up, Jeeks? My name is Rocky Mr. Magic. He is Nick DNA. And this is the original Jeek Podcast. Unique DNA, my man. What's up? What's up, man? What's up? What's up? How's everything? Everything is everything. Everything is everything. Lauren Hill. Everything is everything. You're gonna get us demonetized. <laughs> yeah, all right. Copyright <laughs> strikes. Come on, four <laughs> words. You can't demonetize us for that. Four words. <laughs> Yo, the FCC be out here, man. Yo, for real, man. They need to be out there catching criminals. Like, nah, dude. copyright strikes, man. Copyright, copyright. strikes. Right, exactly. Everywhere. <laughs> Everywhere. Yeah, I mean, like, we're not getting demonetized. All right. So, we didn't sing anything of anything from Lauren Nobody. Um, <laughs> that did not happen. But everything is cool. Everything is no. I, I was, I was going to see another song. You <laughs> see, you can't say a word these days without it being copyrighted. I think everything we're saying right now is copyrighted by somebody somewhere. Yeah. The, the <laughs> copyright says copyright everything. Hey, no one say the word G because we've got the copyright. We do ours. That's right here. Yes, it's our precious. Wait, um, nah, that's probably copyrighted yeah, too. Probably copyrighted too. <laughs> We used to create a show that is completely full of us just copy, you know, saying anything that's copyright. All types of copyright infringement. Yeah, yeah. So, and then we can try to like get record amounts of emails in, um, um, YouTube strikes and um, Apple Podcasts. Like you can't say that, and you can't play that in FCC strikes, and see how many we can get, you know, per day. And like, you know, maybe we can make the Guinness Book for uh, the most, you know, copyright strike emails in in a day. That would be fun. Yeah, that would be fun. That actually would be fun. It would be. We got to do. A, I wonder how much research we would have to do beforehand. Oh my! Eh, it probably wouldn't be that much. No, I mean, it's really, so easy these days. Yeah, yeah I mean, strike. you know, yeah, we've been on the planet, you know, for thirty plus years. We've got our heads full of you know pop culture references and you know music and all film, all types of stuff. We can definitely fill up a nip. Um, we can go down the rabbit hole with a whole lot. <laughs> you, know, you know, it's funny you say that because I'm thinking about, I was just about to say, uh, I'm starting off the rabbit hole super early. But uh, I want to know how Ready Player One was able to do. That's a good question. Well, because they, they, they referenced, I mean, the movie or the book? Both. Well, because they referenced a lot of stuff, but they really didn't do a lot of quotes and stuff. There was a whole lot of much of references to pop culture. Um, but you know, actually, now that you say that, I'm thinking you, about the book, like, they didn't really use a lot of name specific yeah, names, they didn't really use specific names, they didn't go around quoting, you know, Marty McFly or anything like that. 
Oh, but they did kind of they gave you enough detail to, that you knew what they were talking about. But the yeah. movie, Jesus. <laughs> well, the movies that that's easy. They've got the money to say, hey, we want to say this, we want to use this, we want to do this. That's true. But man, if that movie would have bombed, uh the amount that they would have lost just paying for licensing fees alone <laughs> would have been insane. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Absolutely. Uh, let's not go too far down a rabbit hole yet. Yeah. Moving on. Moving on. So, uh, before we start our what are you playing, watching, or creating section of the show, uh, I want to give a community shout out to every Jeek who joined Clash of Jeeks. Uh, Clash of Jeeks, if you don't know, is this year's fantasy football league. And we've got 16 teams this year compared to last year's 10. So we want to shout out to everybody. Um, I'm trying to think by name here, but um, my man Mo Stewart, obviously, you know, Dion, uh, Rob Norm, um, Mormon, and um, Brad Repa. Uh, so many people. John Six, from all 16 of you. All 16 well, of y'all. Well, including of us. Yeah, all 14 <laughs> of y'all. Uh, prepare to get beat down. Um, it's gonna be a lot of trash talking. It was a good amount of trash talking in the in the chat during the, the draft. draft. Yeah. I appreciate that. Phil Hall, my man, um, Brad Benedict. Now the all the names are coming through. Um, appreciate the trash talk. It was enjoyable. Dan Drago, good stuff from everybody. And um, I think we will. I'm sort of surprised he didn't do it. We'll create a uh, a, a channel on the Discord server uh, specifically for the fancy football smack talk and you know to alert anybody of trade proposals if they're not keeping tabs on their yahoo email stuff like that and we were looking to have a enjoyable season for 2020 hopefully something enjoyable will come out of 2020. yeah yeah hopefully the season still <laughs> continues hopefully it happens <laughs> yeah it's so far so good right exactly so far um, well, well, we're trying to keep positive in this so far, so good, but so far with the NFL season, so far, so good. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It needed to happen. I think they said there was one positive uh result of uh from COVID of um the from the NFL, so you know. Um, and I really apologize for anybody listening if you heard sounds in the background. For some, I was watching Battlestar Galactica before I rewatch, and I uh, just forgot to turn it off because it's Battlestar. It's awesome. So, love Battlestar. Yes, Battlestar is dope. Looking forward to recording episode one. So say we all. So say we all. Um, and before I ask our question, happy birthday, Sega Dreamcast released. Oh. Nine nine ninety nine. Nine nine ninety nine. Unique DNA. Since we've been talking so much recently, thank God, because you know we're supposed to be consistent. Um, <laughs> <laughs> instead of my usual, what are you playing? What is your favorite Dreamcast game? <sighs> um, that's tough. This is toss up, I think, between Shinmu and. Uh, man, there were so many good ones. Probably Shinmu and Power Stone. Okay. Um, which are totally, I know, total opposite ends of the spectrum, but That's like. Okay, those are two <laughs> games. 
<laughs> yeah, those are my two games that I was like in love with. Power Stone was like the Sega Dreamcast version of Smash with <laughs> pretty much <laughs> uh, for those yeah. that don't know what it is or haven't played it, it was it was more or less that uh it had that same type of battle royale sort of feel to it and you was you can go all over the map and all up in the sky and all types of crazy stuff just like like smash and um yeah and then shinbu was just like amazing story super immersive um i love rpgs i've always loved rpgs since since i can remember um and so yeah i mean i don't really have to tell you the legend of shinbu um (laughs) <laughs> and why that's my favorite um but yeah yeah I, I think like when you say sacred dreamcast those are the first two that come to my mind so yeah i probably say those two um probably shinmu more just because like i said i love rpgs i love storytelling and um so you know it's got that and power stone you can kind of get that feel in other games you know it was unique in its own way, but I can get, I can get that fix in other games that I can't get from. I mean, well, now Shenmue has been re-released on you know PS4 and different things, but before that, it was a completely unique experience. The Dream, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very unique and way ahead of its time, by the way. Super. Um, oh yeah, like the fact that it's being re-released and it looks just as good as it did on the Dreamcast, it shows you how much, <laughs> how far ahead they were with graphics and everything. Well, the fact that, like, obviously, I mean, it was, it was 99 when it came out, but... Was it 99? Well, yeah, because Dreamcast was only out for, what, two years? Or three? Uh, uh, it didn't last long as far as... The hardware still being in production, um, but I want to say Shenmue dropped in '99. Hmm. Fairly positive on that. Um, I felt like it was 2000, but oh, it was '99. Looking on Wikipedia here, it dropped uh, in '99. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe I was just late to the party. Well, you know, I was late to the party too. And um, Shenmue is my favorite Dreamcast game by by far. Like there are some closer seconds. Um, Fantasy Star. Fantasy Star was good. Fantasy Star was amazing. Um, 2K. And it had online play. Yes, it was online. Fantasy Star online. Um, <laughs> Nobody had broadband back then, but it was. No, but still. <laughs> Unless you were rich. Yeah. <laughs> money. But uh, yeah, so that was up there. 2K1 with the AI on the cover was super dope. Probably 2K was fire. That's, probably, that's still my favorite 2K. Ever, um, the two, I mean, 2K, um, NFL 2K was fired too with Randy Moss on the cover. It was good. I did not like it as much as NBA 2K. Um, they, the, like their shoulders on the, they look, well, they're, they're, yeah, their character models were terrible. The polygons were just horrible, but they weren't great. And though the, you know, the arrows, you know, for the burst and like, it was good. It was enjoyable, um, and it definitely had a better, smoother gameplay um, than Madden was doing. Because Madden did great with Madden 2000, but then after that, um, they they kind of downgraded. Yeah, 2K just started murdering them, because I remember 2K4, I think it was, and 2K2. It was just like, 
NFL 2K2 was like, we didn't play anything else. We were like, screw Madden. Just <laughs> like NFL 2K4. I think it was 2K4. And you're like, that's all we were playing. It was, I mean, I really liked, um, I didn't see, well, I really liked 2K1. I did not like 2K, actually. I didn't, I wasn't digging it. I thought NBA Live 2000 was better than 2K. But then 2K1 dropped, and I was like, okay, this is clearly better. This is a better game. This is, it is NBA, cool. yeah, the first NBA 2K, it was cool. Um, yeah, I, w- I went back and forth. I was like, Live 2000, 2K. I played Live 2000 more. I had both of them. But, um, yeah, I think 2K1 was when it, when it really shifted. Like, they, they, they found their groove, which, I mean, now 20... 21 years later, they're still going. <laughs> they're still the best NBA game in, you know, in the market. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 I got to agree with that. 2K wasn't the best. I think it got, I think it did well because it was just different. It was new. Um, it was better than um, uh, NBA sh- Showtime. Um, you talking about the, Expo, uh, the Microsoft one? That was Inside Drive. Not Inside Drive. There was a lot. You know, we had a lot of NBA games back then. Um, Inside Drive was trash. Inside Um, Drive was trash. I played it, but I played it because I got it for free because I was working for EB Games at the time, and Microsoft used to send us um, boxes with just Microsoft, uh, you know, swag, game. So, like, I had, you know, I had an Xbox, you know, uh, T-shirt. I got free inside drive. I had keychains, all types of Microsoft swag. So that's the only reason why I had inside drive and play. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it had, uh, I think that had, who did that, I think it was Paul Pierce in the cover of uh, that year of inside drive. Yeah, it was bad. It was not good. Um, I'm trying to think of what, what was it? I got to look it up now. <laughs> <laughs> Because uh, it's gonna it's gonna drive me nuts. So I remember what it was. It was two thousand, two thousand ninety nine. In the zone, Konami. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. They had Steve yeah. on that cover, didn't it? Yeah, Smitty, my man. I in the zone, that. and then um, what was the other one too? Uh, used they used to. I got it right here. I should just I should know it. Nine eight nine sports. Oh, shootout. Yeah. Yeah. Was Smitty on shootout? Was he on in the zone? I can't see the covers. They don't have the covers. They just got the titles. Um I think he was on in the zone. I want to say he was on in the zone. Oh man, what year was that? Let's see. Let's look. Okay. NBA shootout 97 is Kobe. Uh, we've got is that. Who is that? Sam Cassell on one of these. Why? <laughs> oh, that's Sam Cassell. Oh, wow. Snap. I did not remember Sam Cassell being on the. <laughs> I mean, I like Sam Cassell. Sam I am was a good, a very, very good point guard, all star level. Um, but Sam Cassell would not have been my choice for <laughs> um wow. Sam Cassell. Oh, well, of course, got a Facebook message. Um, and I 
because I'm multitasking. Oh man, yeah, we got okay. We got Hakeem on. I think I think Sam might have been the first one too because this is a shootout. It doesn't even have a year. Yeah, that was when like they they, they did like their relaunch. Cover athlete for shootout. Wow. Um, so you got, <laughs> no, that's not even Kobe. I'm just glancing, not looking big. That's Eddie Jones, ain't it? Yes, it is. Eddie Jones is on 97, which is cool. I'm a big Eddie Jones fan. So we got Sam Cassell, we got Eddie Jones in 97, we got Hakeem in 98. Um, let's see, I don't see 99 looking here, but I do see Jay Kidd is on 2000 and C Webb is 2001. Um, who's so in the zone would have been Smitty because 2002 mm-hmm. is Starbury for shootout. 2003 is still on the Bucks. Ray Allen. Oh, <laughs> four T Mac. Yeah. 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 Look, oh, 2000. Oh, that's a different version. 2001. Okay. okay. No, nah, in the zone. Uh, in the zone Smitty then. In the zone 2000. I can't see the picture. It's like super small. Um, Let's see. In the zone 98 is Glenn Rice, G Money. Um, Is that Alan Houston? Let's see. Um, Can't be. Is it? <laughs> it looks like G Money was on. Oh, G Money was on ninety nine as well for in the zone. So you had back to back covers. Um, looks like the first in the zone just had the Spurs versus the Rockets. We got a jump ball going on. Um, looks like the back of Admiral and or no Admiral's shooting and someone's trying to defend him. Looks like we got Willie Anderson jumping. Jerome Kersey trying to box out somebody. Uh, I remember that. I remember that cover. Oh, man. That brings back memories. <laughs> yeah. so that, that was in the zone. And in the zone two um, just said in the zone two with the number two. No players on it. Yeah, um, but 2000 was. 2000 is Marcus Camby. Yep. For the Knicks, Marcus Camby. So we went from G Money. Back to back from ninety eight to ninety nine between the Hornets and the Lakers, and then Marcus Camby. <laughs> I could have swore Smitty was on one of the covers. I know he was in an ad, um, because I remember it in a Slam magazine, and he was in the ad. There was um, so many games back then for NBA. He probably was in one of them. Uh, what's this virtual NBA? Wait, State. hold on. Glenn Rice was on the cover of NBA Power Dunkers 3, um, <laughs> is what in the zone was called for Japan. Wow. NBA Power Dunkers, and you've got Glenn Rice on the cover. <laughs> oh, Japan is wild. Oh, man. Oh, oh my Lord. I just, I can't even. I'm loving these Power Dunkers covers. Like, I need this on a shirt. <laughs> like, Konami, like, I don't, you know, I don't want the Japanese or, um, or Konami to sue us. But you know, since we are really out here, just you know, just giving zero, uh, <laughs> I would just throw this on the shirt and <laughs> power dunkers. Oh man! In the zone. Oh, in the zone's got 
one of the best shooters of his era on their power dunkers cover. Um, and even though he dunked Marcus Candy was not exactly a power dunker. Uh, yeah. Um, wow. <laughs> man, are, are you seeing the graphics? They yeah. Man. <laughs> Hold on. Let me see if I can share my screen real quick. Rocky boy, <laughs> man. What it is. Yeah, I forgot. I forgot. Like, what? This was revolutionary. We could see their face. This was Yo, like, that was bringing back mad memories. I remember, remember when you would shoot the ball? <laughs> they would, like, go flying. Like, it had, like, no motion mechanics. It would just, like, go from their hands to, like, <laughs> like, <laughs> Oh man, good times, good times. Oh, great stuff. See that? <sighs> that's beautiful. That's that's what we need in this life. Polygons. Yo, we thought the graphics were fire back then. They were like, yeah, that, that was fire. Them cutscenes were amazing. Before that, all we really had was uh was Tecmo NBA basketball, and that just had a whole bunch of brothers that all looked the same. Um, it was very <laughs> Their names on the screen. <laughs> like we that didn't look like no Michael Jordan. Didn't look like Isaiah Thomas. It just looked like, you know, brother number one, brother number two, tall brother number three. Like that's we couldn't identify with the days. You know, I mean we played Jordan versus Burden on the NES or whatever system because it was like on every system. And they look nothing like Jordan or Bird. Yeah. Nah, not at all. Oh, this is not even slightly like Jordan or Bird. It's insane. Now, being that we're just completely off topic here. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, one video game that I missed that I had so much fun playing um, was. Oh, wait, because there's multiple. Um, I want to say was Bulls versus Lakers and the NBA playoffs. Okay. For Genesis. Um, and then I think it was, yeah, so it was Bulls versus Lakers. And then the next year was Bulls versus Blazers. Um, the Lakers. Why do I not remember that one? Shut up, Siri. Um, uh, <laughs> it, it was, it was good. It was fun. Well, I mean, we're talking. I had Magic and Bird. No, not Magic and Bird. I had uh, Jordan versus Bird. On Sega. On Sega? Okay. What's Sega? Yeah, Sega. These games came out, um, it would come out after the season ended, so it featured the NBA Finals. I do remember those. Yeah, my dad was like, no, I'm not buying that. (laughs) Yo, Bulls versus Blazers was my favorite. That was the one I liked the most. Um, Bulls versus Lakers was good, but Bulls versus Blazers was dope. Um, it was really good. That was that was, that was really yeah. My dad just wasn't into the whole like because you know like back then you got an NBA game that lasts you for about five years. Oh yeah, last year <laughs> it wasn't like this whole you know you get a new game every year thing. You know oh. it was like yo you got NBA in the zone for like three years straight, and then mm-hmm. they might drop a new one. Like they might go like ninety six and then drop a new one in ninety nine. <laughs> So, yeah, we had like I forgot what we had. Well, we had NBA Jam, of course, and then um, 
I forgot what other NBA we had. Oh yeah, we had Jordan versus Bird, and then we had another NBA game. Oh man, on Sega, and then we had on PlayStation. It was. Was it shootout? No, no, I think it was live. Yeah, I think it was live. Okay. Yeah, live. But even live wasn't doing them back to back like that until, like, I think, when, was, when did they start doing them back to back? Well, my first live, I want to say, was live 95. I feel like that was my first one, too. I think that was my first one. Jordan uh, versus Bird, one on one. Magic Johnson's fast break. Magic Johnson's fast break. Now, see, my, <laughs> my first basketball games were, um, I'm pretty sure my first basketball game was Hoops on Nintendo. Oh, <laughs> yo. yo. When you would go to dunk and they do the cut scene. Yep. And, like, <laughs> and you were like hoping that he block it. And sometimes he would and sometimes he wouldn't. <laughs> wouldn't. Yep. Oh, man. And you had no idea of knowing which one was right one. Oh, man. I played so much Hoops and... Um, um, Shout out to, I don't even know if he listens to the podcast, but if he does, shout out to my man Corey Miles. Um, he's been my my oldest friend for my entire life. Our our mothers were were good friends. My mom babysat him when he was born. He's a year older than me, and his mom babysat me when I was born. Like we've been, we've been friends for our entire lives, and uh, we would play hoops all the time. <laughs> um, that was our game. So much, yeah. so much hoops, and that would be um the the Doctor J one. He was uh what was his name? Um, oh man, right? Because they wasn't like real players. It was like no, it was like it was you know. So if if you like made played, up characters, um, <laughs> hoop is a very it's a it's an NES game, um from eighty nine, eighty eight or eighty nine. It was uh, uh, oh, man. one of those two. I I forget. But it was um it was a half court one on one or two eighty eight eighty eight okay yeah um so it was one on one or two on two half court and uh, you had multiple characters that you could pick from and um one of the characters was a Doctor J wannabe he was you know good on the drive but weak on the jump shot um what was his name it was like <sighs> oh okay mr doc was his name yeah <laughs> yeah mr doc then you had jammer um i used to always get jammer that was my dude wasn't jammer the fat dude though yeah. i'm pretty sure he was the fat one no i thought jammer had the fro no i think no bomber i'm pretty sure had the fro because he's the one so i started with mr doc because i was about you know young i was about the dunks all the time and then as an adult i switched over to um bomber because he had just range from everywhere just crazy range um but i'm pretty sure jammer was the fat like the chunky white dude uh yeah i used to yeah i think I'm, so I'm maybe sure jammer is the chunky white dude i can't remember i need to find the characters now yeah. that was my i used to always pick jammer and yeah, I used to because then they had two and two. You could do two and two. Yeah, and I would have Mr. Doc and Jammer as my squad. So, yeah, I would do Jammer and Bomber because Jammer was my inside man. He was strong on the post. It was like and what, Bomber was my dude. So and, take uh, threes all the time. Then we had Barbie, who was who was a white woman, um, but there was no relation to the doll. Um, 
We had Faith, who was uh, <laughs> he was like the pretty boy, white dude. Um, and we Faith. had Zap, <laughs> we had Legs, and we had Wiz, who looked like you know he's like he was like this skinny white nerd with glasses. Um, oh yeah. man, you bring my memories now. I see, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I just fired it up. Um, on open, um, I'm on open EMU. I just fired up some hoops. Because I want to see, um, <laughs> probably hear the background. You can probably hear me. All right, I'm, I'm muting it because we don't want no more strikes that we haven't gotten right. yet. But we going to strikes. Ain't no copyright strikes. Here. Might just this whole episode might just be <laughs> thrown out because we already might have to. That is the official title of this episode: copyright strikes, and that's probably copyrighted. Um, <laughs> yeah, we copyright right memories. Oh uh, man. My uh, first NBA game was I gotta, I my gotta, first basketball game, I should say. Hold on, I, I gotta look at these. I gotta look at. I, gotta look at <laughs> I haven't looked at them in so many years. All right, we're pressing start here. All right, <laughs> all right. Options for start. Okay. Oh, there's all right. So, um, when hoops starts, you see a brick wall with some uh, random <laughs> Japanese-looking uh, graffiti. I mean, you see Yazawa. Like you won't see Yazawa tagged anywhere in the United States, um, right. and you see a couple of dudes. One looks like he's blowing a, a a bubble of gum. All right, so I'm and here's one thing that is really unique with street hoops um, that you didn't see a whole lot um, in a game, especially like one on one or two on two. But it had a watch mode. I never knew that. Oh wait, I do. If you want to remember that, yeah, you just like let it play. You just said like don't touch anything. Yeah, you sit there and watch it play, Um, which is cool, like, when you've got teams and you want to see, you know, uh, an NBA Live or whatever, when you're like, I want to see what it would be like if, you know, Jason Kidd and Michael Jordan were teammates. Um, But this is if you wanted to watch, you know, Mr. Doc and Barbie play two-on-two. All right, so I'm going to select one-on-one. And then I'm gonna go to pro, you know, you can go to profile so you can check the profile of these eight players. Mr. <laughs> Mr. Doc is all round player, can run, shoot, pass, and dribble. And of course, me being the lover of balance I am, the Thanos guy I am, I loved Mr. Doc for all of those things. Um, then we got the profile for Bomber. He is the best outside shooter, super fast, the playmaker. <laughs> then we got the profile for Jammer. Um, oh no, I was wrong. Jammer's not white. He, but he was fat. I did remember him fat. He's wearing all white. That's probably why I remembered white. Um, Jammer's profile because so, I'm like I don't remember. Nah, he, Jammer's profile says he is not too quick. Great on defense and under the boards. That so Jammer, Jammer is me right now. IRL. <laughs> Great on defense, under the boards, boxing out, getting them rebounds, irritating everybody. Then we've got Zap who looks. Really like um he looks like a skinny Ben Grimm when he's Ben Grimm and not <laughs> um that profile says outside shooter, fast forward, but weak on defense. So Zach Zap Zach Zap is a video game pre Dirk Nowitzki. <laughs> uh, and we've got Barbie who has like you know that not, not a bowl cut, but it's like it looks like a bowl still. Like a bob. <laughs> yeah, you got like a little long of a bob. Barbie is also a all-round player, can run, shoot, pass, and keep up with any of the players. 
Um, then we got legs. Legs is a system. Oh, legs. I forgot about legs. Legs, yeah, legs used to get it in too. Yeah, well, legs got a long head. Um, Don't sleep on her though. She used to get no, it no, in. Leg, legs was nice. Um, she jamming down too. Well, yeah, well, so <laughs> leg profile says she's the best rebounder, great inside shooter, and very fast. Yeah. Uh, we've got face. Uh, who's got you know, he's got his look, um, arms crossed, like he's like, I'm a pretty boy. Face is tall and great inside shooter, plays rough sometimes. So face <laughs> is uh face is pretty a pretty boy version of Bill Lambert. And then we've got last but not least, we've got Wiz, who like, like I said, glasses, super skinny. Um, and Wiz's profile says real smart and fast, not a shooter. Good playmaker, best passman, best passer. Um, well, just so you know, you know, creator of hoops, if they're a good playmaker, um, they're they're not the best passer. They're the <laughs> passer means they're the best playmaker because that's how you make plays for other people by passing them the ball in strategic times and places. So, yeah. So that is your lineup for the iconic game of hoops uh which you can get uh for your nintendo entertainment system and uh, you can you know play on your emulators i i wonder if you could put it on the switch that would be dope you know what hoops might be on actually it is i saw it when I went in and I played on my Switch the other day in the NES emulator, I saw Hoops on there. It's I on got there. the NES emulator. Yeah. You know what? I got to go back and look now. I saw it. It's, it's on there. I saw it the other day. It is on there. I'm definitely going to get my Switch. I guarantee I'm going to play Hoops. But I, I am shocked at myself at the fact that I do not have Bulls versus Blazers on my emulator. I, I'm very disappointed in myself right now. <laughs> I can't believe I didn't. I don't have that. What was wrong with me? That that's that was I. I drove to. I do have Lakers versus Celtics in the NBA playoffs though, but I don't have Bulls versus Blazers. But I used to ride my bike to um, uh, a teammate's house for you know like a, a summer league teammate's house, and he lived in Plum, and I lived in. Well, I'm not going to name the town because I hate the place, but um. I rode my bike from there. You no, know, I never realized how how far is that. Let me look it up because I know I rode my bike a long way just to play some Bulls uh, <laughs> versus Blazers. Uh, let me see map. There to Plum. Let's see. Can I get a man? I used to ride. Yeah, I I, I remember throwing the system in the, in the book bag like. Cause you know back then you ain't have to worry about stuff breaking. You because <laughs> those all cartridges and stuff, and I would throw it in my book bag, drive ride my bike all the way across town to the other side of town, go meet up with my friends. We get our games in because the other game that I that which was my first NBA game, well actually basketball game in general, as I don't think it was NBA affiliated, was um, Double Dribble. Oh yeah, double dribble. I was gonna mention double dribble too. That's one of my early ones too. Double dribble was was super dope. Yeah. Uh, that was a really really good game. Uh, oh, double dribble and that corner three cheat. Oh my lord! <laughs> <laughs> Yo, 
freaking three. I'm like, you know that what? Corner three was always hit. Always All hit. Time. The corner three actually made me. I I became a corner shooter because of because of double dribble. Because yeah. I just I would always go like in real life I would always go to the corner because I'm like oh yeah I, I hit it in the game all the time <laughs> so I would always hit the go go to the corner and every time in the beginning of course I wasn't hitting them but after a while some things was hitting yeah shoot it makes me I wonder would... if that's what Ray Allen did too. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if we ever interview Ray, we're going to have to ask him. So, say, so, so, did you ever play double dribble? Did you play double dribble? <laughs> because you did a whole lot of them corner threes that just drove a lot of them corner threes. Drove people nuts. Uh, so, from where I lived to Plum, it's a little over six miles. That's not bad. That's not bad. I thought it was gonna be more. I thought it was gonna be a little bit worse. Yeah, I definitely rode more. Where, where is this boy? No, I'm just out riding my bike. Trying yeah, to... those are the good old days. Can't do that stuff now. No, you you ain't lying. That, <laughs> you can't do that. Not yeah, yet. I remember. I used to ride all over the place, man. I'd be everywhere. I'm yeah. two two cities over. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> be back, be back for yeah. dark and be all right. Yeah. I'm sure at least I've at least gone. I know for a fact, at least once I've gone like 10 15 miles away from home on my bike mm. back then. Uh, yeah, yeah, because me and my brother, we would just hop on and just go. Those are good old days, you know. We had the legs to actually make it up the hills <laughs> and the stamina. <laughs> exactly. Like hills. What hills? What are these hills? What do you mean hills? Oh man. <laughs> but that, that is, uh, trip down memory lane uh, is brought to you by Sega Genesis. Sega Genesis, Bulls versus Blazers, NBA Live, NBA Shootout, NBA Inside Drive, um NBA in the zone, Steve Smith, Sam Cassell, who amazingly was on the cover. <laughs> which we still don't understand how that happened <laughs> good for sam we are happy for him because sam was a good dude and a good player um <laughs> so royalties from somewhere from yeah i mean i don't know why he's still copping that game but maybe the resale value is probably amazing <laughs> right sam sam if you've got a copy uh, sign it for us, please, and we'll we'll make it a giveaway. And we're serious. Like, if you got a copy of that, sign it. We'll make it a giveaway. Um, we will uh, shoo. We'll make sure that uh, any all the proceeds go to your charity of choice. Like he's Sam's gonna hear this, but if he does hear it, we'll, hey, listen, because possible. because NBA Shootout was a fun series, not the greatest, but it was a fun series, and it's. It, it served its purpose during that time. And anyone who was itching to play NBA shootout with Sam Cassell on the cover, rocking them Houston Rockets gear, we'd be love to make that happen. I'm with it. Let's with do it. it. Let's so make it happen. we're not going to talk about what we've been playing. We just talked about what we played. Uh, but we want to hear about what you like to play back in the day. What sports game did you used to rock? 
were you the best at? Trust me, we didn't even get into all the basketball games. We didn't talk about yeah. NBA basketball. We didn't really talk about double dribble much. We didn't talk about Magic Johnson's game or probably the greatest basketball game in Super Nintendo history. Okay. You know, you know what it is, don't you? Maybe. I didn't you know. have a Super Nintendo. Ah, that's true. You didn't have Super Nintendo. Well, the best basketball game in Super Nintendo history is Bill Lambeer's Combat Basketball. <laughs> we'll talk about that. Sounds amazing. <laughs> Sounds amazing. It is amazing. Uh, it's amazingly bad. Um, but we want to hear from you, either in the Jeek Nation Facebook community, and if Facebook's not your jam, you can join us in Jeek Nation's Discord. But we would love to hear what games Sports games doesn't have to be just NBA. It doesn't have to be just basketball. But what sports games did you used to rock out to in the you know 80s, 90s, early 2000s? You know, whenever you were a kid, what was your what was your jam out there? Uh, let us know. We would love to hear from you. Yes, sir. All right, now we are going to be also copyrighted, by the way. (laughs) Again, we we are violating everything today. What we doing? Everything. (laughs) Oh well. Moving on. Just, just we spitting fire. We spitting this that fire. What else we got? Oh, hey, this 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 is going to get um. CBS on us. Hold on. <laughs> oh, CBS after us. Come after us. We breaking all the rules today. <laughs> all right. Um, quick hits, and we're gonna try to hit them quick. Even though our quick hits shouldn't section probably shouldn't be called that because we never do them quick. But let's see what happens. Um, The Walking Dead. The Walking Dead. The show will officially. And after season 11, um, and I make those air quotes for those who didn't see, because obviously this is an audio podcast with some video components that will be soon uploaded to YouTube, our YouTube channel, uh, which we are almost yeah, at 100. Yeah. We're at 85. So help us get help us get to, uh, of course, as I always click on something, there's got to be ads. Um, <laughs> you got to stop with the ads, man. If I can't control ads, man. Come and tell that to comicbook.com. I can't control the video ad. Just jump up and start talking to me. I don't care. Ad blocker. Yeah, for real. I need to employ an ad blocker on Chrome here. Um, All right. All right. So that's that's more on me. The onus is on me. Okay. Um, But where was I going? I was going here with um, The Walking (laughs) Dead. That's where I'm going. The Walking Dead. Ah, and of course, now I'm getting Facebook messages because I'm apparently just a popular person when I'm recording episodes. You're um, a pretty cool guy. I'm a cool cat. What can I do? Uh, the Walking Dead will end after season 11. And it will be completed with a super season um, of 24 episodes that will span the fall of 2021. And the beginning of 2022. Um, 
it's unclear whether they will break it into uh, three segments or two 12-part halves. Even though this is the end of the show, it truly won't be the end of the Walking Dead show. Because uh, following the conclusion, comicbook.com uh, reports that a spinoff centered around Norman Reedus as Daryl Dixon and Melissa McBride's Carol Peltier will go into production. The Daryl Carroll Show. The Daryl and Carol Show. As you know, the young, you know, the young guy and the woman who's definitely too old for him ride off into the sunset on the back um, of his motorcycle. That he should have definitely ran out of gas by now. But anyway, I mean, what is he using for gas? It's been a long time. Um, there's not that many cars out <laughs> all that time for them to siphon that much gas. Not that much gas doesn't stay stable for very long. Right. <laughs> like, do they know how gasoline works? Do they know that you know the engine can bust the fumes and not the liquid? Do, do they get that? Right. You like. What? Yeah, it evapor- evaporates after a while too. Yeah. I, if for people who don't know and don't remember science, and I'm not none, we're not assuming that any of you are stupid. Um, it's just this is some of that useless knowledge that sticks in heads like ours. Um, you can have a bucket of gasoline and throw a lit match, cigarette, dynamite, and the boom ain't gonna be no bigger. Um, because of the gasoline, if it's been sitting for a time. Now, if you yep. pour it straight in there and you see the and you see the shimmering fumes, then you're in trouble. But if the fumes are gone, you can take a lit cigarette, throw it in there, match, shoot a a flamethrower at it, and that gas is not going to ignite because it's a it's a liquid. You're not igniting that liquid. You're just right. gonna so. If it's been sitting there and those cars, you know, they keep coming on. They've been sitting there for months and months, years. Like <laughs> the zombie apocalypse apparently has magic gasoline. Um, or they invented some special engine for Daryl to ride on and and ret- and fitted it and retrofitted it to his motorcycle. And we just missed that very cool episode of some super genius of when you know, the professor from Gilligan's Island appeared in Alexandria and made Daryl Dixon you know, a coconut-powered motorcycle, um, being able, you know, very green and, and, and economically friendly. Um, because you still got to save the environment, even in a zombie apocalypse. Can, yeah, I said economically. I, uh, I meant environmentally friendly. Environmentally. Uh, economically friendly, too, because you don't have to spend a whole lot of money bartering with other groups for gasoline or so, with zombies because you know or zombies so it's economically friendly and it is environmentally friendly this super coconut powered motorcycle that daryl dixon rides thanks to the professor can um, coconuts grow in alexandria coconuts can grow wherever you put them on this is the zombie apocalypse they were growing stuff that was not local to that it is, <laughs> they were outside they were in alexandria they were outside atlanta they were growing all types of stuff that you would not be growing in atlanta um yeah and i don't know how they think they were like in the north somewhere they really be screwed well, because <laughs> able to go because in the north them zombies would have been frozen so much and stayed frozen that they would have been all right. They just needed to make sure they knew how to hunt. Um, 
you know, and use, you know, more crude weapons, you know, bows, arrows, spears, things of that nature. Um, and they'd be cool. And I'm still trying to figure out why nobody went into the forest and built a big tree house. It didn't, didn't create like, you know, Kashyyyk from Star Wars. Hey, <laughs> like they built all these fences. They built homes. They built buildings. But no one said, let's go into the trees. Let's put up a whole bunch of supports and throw some ladders. And we're good. Oh. Like the zombies can't overrun if they can't get up there. Could they not just knock over the tree, though? No, they ain't knock over no trees. I'm saying, could they? I mean, if you get, I don't know, hundreds of zombies just leaning on a tree. I mean, I yeah. No, I'm talking like a network of, of trees. I'm like just one single tree, but I'm talking like, uh, you know, like Tarzan style. Swiss Family Robinson type tree house. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm talking like a tree like village. Tree bridges. Yeah. <laughs> tree village. You, you, you have your trees, but you also have some support beams up there, obviously. Um, hmm. And you have, you have, it's like a forest. And if a herd comes through, you know, you have people watching her comes through, then instead of uh, <laughs> there's your entertainment for the week. Right. But instead of worrying about being overrun, you just have to be quiet. Every tell everybody shut up and the herd passes and it's good. Like, mm. like I just I was like, I'm like, come on, man. Especially during those, you know, times where life was so good. Like a year, like they had that one jump where it was like a year. You could have built a tree village in a year. <laughs> fine. And you'll have pulley, have pulley systems to you know to to bring up the food that you got from hunting and whatever. You know they could have had a section, and all, all you gotta do is they could have poles. So if they're in an emergency, they can just go down the pole and have their car, you know, trucks and stuff right there. Drive off like. But yeah, then there would have been no show and no drama because life would have been peachy. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that's a pretty boring show. <laughs> oh, but making it would have been so fun. They, I mean, that's how you survive that. You Everybody's childhood dream. Yeah, you build a Swiss family Robinson tree village. Come on. Everybody <laughs> wants to live in a tree house. Yeah, I mean, I, I stopped watching after. Let's see. I guess after it's we cut the cable. Season six, what? Uh, well, yeah, it probably was about season six. Yeah. Because um, that was when we cut the cable. And I just was like, well, I don't have AMC anymore. So later for that. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then it just felt like too much work to find it on like Netflix or Hulu or whatever. So, yeah. Um, it's putting on the old seasons, but. Um, I've heard, I've heard it's it. I heard it like went into a slump, and now it's like fantastic again. But yeah, I just it, don't know if I want to. I'm ready to emotionally invest that much time into it. it. It, it's, yeah. I mean, honestly, when they start, when they went way off the beaten path from, uh, from the books, that's when. It started to really, it, to me, it hit the slump, and it was like, "All right, where are we going here? What what are we doing?" Mm. Um, it, yeah, I mean, there were some good moments. I'm not, you know, because I, I mean, I watched. I kept, I didn't watch consistently, 
I, I yeah. there were I was like two, maybe two and a half seasons behind. Um and I you know and I understood why some characters died on the show that didn't die in the books because you know actors wanted to do different projects, you know, um, you know, actors that were kids wanted to go to college and you know live other aspects of life and not continue to work on the show. So I mean that makes a lot of sense to have you know such narrative shifts between book and television show. Um, but then the spinoffs really started happening. You know, you've got Fear the Walking Dead and you've got you I know, couldn't get into that. I tried. I tried to, and some of the actors I was, you know, uh, Cliff Curtis. I'm a big Cliff Curtis fan. The woman that played his wife, I like. I forget her name all the time, but I liked. I like her as an actress. Um, it just it wasn't as good, and it wasn't as good. Uh, <laughs> it also wasn't as good. Uh, but uh, I but I tried. I think this is the last one that did it for you. Huh? Yeah, it was because uh, yeah. it wasn't good. Uh, yeah. If the first couple episodes were were pretty cool, just as far as showing what it was like when the you know a, you know the outbreak you know, the zombie outbreak started, okay. uh, but and and they tried to like because some people forever were like, well, why don't they just go on a boat and they'll be fine? So they threw these people on a boat on a yacht to kind of like debunk that theory. So they're like, yeah. Well, um, there's pirates out there and they're going to steal boats and stuff like that. It's like, right. maybe, maybe, but how, you know, how many people, it's like how many people that are going to be survivors are also going to be sailors? You know, I don't know. an interesting that. story though. Yeah. And, and, and now it's like the first season was bad. Yeah. But after that, then they found a hotel and they were like, people were staying in this hotel and they were like, all right, we're, we're going to live in this hotel. But then that ain't work out. And, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. It, 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 it was, it was, and then they've got uh, Walking Dead. I forget what the official title is. They got Walking Dead, the Teenage Edition. Um, that's just all teenagers. Oh, oh. Walking Dead, the CW version. I did um, see that. And I was like, what is this? But I didn't actually watch it. I just saw like a trailer or something. I was it, like, hot garbage. That ah, looks like trash. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So then we'll get uh, pretty much what we've already. And now got. we're going to get a, a romance story. Well, Daryl and Carol show. Daryl and Carol show, which essentially is already an existing show because Norman Reedus already has that. Norman Reedus goes on a motorcycle everywhere around the country show. So, yeah, but now with Carol. But now it's going to be with Carol and his uh, his crossbow. So and his crossbow. And his crossbow. Which, uh, yeah, another yeah. one of those uh, infinite supply of. Uh, yeah, so many <laughs> arrows, and we don't keep making new arrows. And it's not like you, and it's not like it's a bow where you can make arrows a lot easier. It's a crossbow. You got right. to have crossbow bolts. Like right. that is not something you can just like. It's not the same. You can't just take an arrow that you shoot a compound right. bolt and just j- throw it on a crossbow. It's right. not the same thing. Right. Like, and you can only get so many of those back after yeah, you shoot them. He's got them. <laughs> retention he shoots the gun <laughs> and then he's immediately getting that arrow back he runs and, him down and, and snatches it up give me that arrow yeah. I, and if you're hunting okay I, I, but when you're in the middle of a firefight and every time you shoot somebody in the head <laughs> your arrow <laughs> yeah I've played enough video games to know that you're going to run out of arrows pretty quick and some of the arrows are going to break some of the arrows ain't going to head like, oh man, you know how many hours I'll, I've lost in Fallout 4? 
uh, just break. <laughs> Even my crossbows just break. Anyone who's played, you know, at, well, Red Dead does have that level of of uh, unrealisticness with its bow, but um, Last of Us, Last of Us is all movie. out, very realistic as far as what it would like to try to survive using a bow. It's not easy, um, not easy in the slightest. And yeah. then we're gonna have uh, the there's, there's the, and we're gonna have the movies, so we can't forget about the movie. We're gonna get the movie. Uh, we're going to get the Andrew Lincoln movie. Who knows when that's coming out? We'll find out what happened to Rick, uh, which um, I'll spoil it because I know you were not watching. Um, <laughs> Rick fell on some rebar and uh, he got impaled. And there was, wait, do you remember the garbage people? Did you see that far? Yes. People. That, okay. So the, the tall, ugly chick, She's not ugly, but they made her look ugly. Um, the tall European, Eastern European looking woman that was hitting on him from the garbage people, she um she had some she had connections with the helicopter people. So <laughs> she betrayed them. Um she betrayed Rick's group after they had let her in, and then she ran away, and then Rick fell on the rebar and she found him, and then she called her helicopter people and they rescued Rick. So Rick is somewhere with the helicopter people. No one knows where or who the helicopter people are, but we know Rick is alive and uh, making more dumb decisions. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then we've got uh, and then Michonne left. So in the books, if you're a reader and if you and look, the walking dead has been out for a while. So if you're not caught up and we're spoiling for you, I'm sorry. That's just what it is. Um, in the comic books, Lori's dead. She and Judas die during the governor's attack on the prison and the show Judas survives and is raised by Rick uh, and Michonne as they're in a relationship. And then Rick's disappearance leads Michonne to raise not only Judas by herself and teaching her the ways of uh, the black uh, samurai, but uh, she also was pregnant by Rick and they have a son that Rick never met or you know, no, no, I don't think Rick met. Yeah, because she was pregnant. So like, Rick never met, um, named RJ. And so Judas is alive in the show. And Michonne goes all gets captured, whatever. And she radios to Judas, like, I found some boots from your daddy. And she's like, Well, you need to go find him. <laughs> what? Your, your child is telling the only mother she knows to go search for her dad and leave her and her like five-year-old brother alone with mm -hmm. the people at the town. Like mm -hmm. what? Makes perfect sense. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And so she'll probably show up in the movie too. Um, and I, I mean, shoot, I, I love, uh, I love her. Uh, I can't, I don't remember how to pronounce her name all half the time. <laughs> I'll hear it. And I'm like, yeah, that's how I pronounce it. And then I won't say it for a long time. Then I forget to how to pronounce it. Uh, <laughs> but Akoya, you know who you is. Love you. You're fantastic. Uh, would love to see you in that eventual Walking Dead movie that I am not going to see in theaters. However, um, I'm sorry, I'm not. I'm not paying the theater to see that. Oh. So yeah. Walking Dead show may be ending, but their their universe plans to continue. Um, which is why to me it doesn't even make sense to say it's ending because they're going to continue to do spinoffs and who knows what. 
because we still need to keep talking dead on after all. Yeah, yeah. Chris Talk Hardwick needs actually, like, but does he really though? Does he like he owns like the whole Nerdist network? I think he's good. I don't think he does though. Oh, he got kicked. I thought he got kicked on a Nerdist. Did he? He was the he? he he founded Nerdist. I know. He, I know, but I think they booted him because of those allegations that um, I'm pretty sure did not come out to be true. Never. Well, I shouldn't say never, but. Um, either way, I'm sure he made a ton of money before that happened anyway. Um, cause the whole Nerdist, uh, YouTube scene was just blowing up. Oh yeah. It was, it was crazy. And then he could always go back to G4. <laughs> yeah. G4 is apparently, you know, making a comeback. So you know, reboot. I mean, shoo. I actually do enjoy the Talking Dead. Well, when I used to watch it, I enjoyed it. No, I um, thought that was uh, was a great idea. Um, came on. I mean, just having. I mean, it's what it's what people do. It's what we do. We watch right. something. We're immediately talking to each other about it, and we're talking right. to people about it. So, yeah, that makes it made complete sense. It was a great idea. I immediately after the show comes on, you know, you're talking to people live after watching the show. Fans get to pretty much come and watch the show with the audience, um, you know, with them, and then you know, just have a really cool experience. I mean, it, I think it it was genius. Yep, I agree. And so many other shows started doing it after that. You know, um, I know Breaking. Mean? I remember Breaking Bad started doing it. Yep. Uh, Game of Thrones did it. Um, with the, the Game of Thrones one was trash, but yeah, it didn't last long either. Yeah, from I think it's like two seasons, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, um, yeah, it's definitely yeah. I mean, that's like the highlight of the the slower seasons <laughs> was the talking dead. It kept you interested in the slower, like when the seasons were pretty weak, you were like, all right, this keeps me interested. So, but uh, yeah, um, this other unnamed show, I don't know. We'll see what that was. Well, like it's supposed to be anthology. I think I'm more interested in that one than the, uh, the Daryl and Carol show. Uh, but just because uh, it's like the uh, anthology series. That's supposed oh, to be. Really? It just seems like it's cool, like to explore the other parts of the universe away but, from Rick and his stupid decisions, and and actually all of them and their stupid decisions. Because that whole troop just makes some dumb decisions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it'd be nice to see some smart. some other people who actually make smart decisions. Hopefully, well, um, thing is, but then again, that makes for a boring show. Does they're it? Smart and they're alive, and <laughs> you know. but not necessarily like if you can. Because, I mean, they said there's going to be some crossover between them and current characters. So if you can tell a story where where they intersect, where, you know, they're the smart ones, but they keep getting drawn into these dumb decisions by the dumb people at the other show <laughs> every once in a while, it makes for a pretty good story. It's just like, like they're smart, but... These people somehow keep getting them into stupid scenarios, like when they, you know, when they run off the herds yeah. <laughs> and run off the herds into their, you know, knife safe 
uh, like towns and stuff like that. Because um, I mean, you think about like uh, I can't remember the name of the town, but uh, Andrea like, was it Alexandria? That's the one they pretty much stay at, and uh, before then, what was the town the governor ran? I thought it was before Alexandria. That's the one I'm thinking of. Well, the only town before before them was the one the governor ran. I mean, that was that town. I right. So, and remember, they were they were doing just fine, and then all of a sudden, Rick and them show up, and now the, the town went to like crap. Well, that town. <laughs> That town was crazy. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be living there because the governor was crazy. Neither having those uh, those fight of zombie nights and stuff like that was there. Yeah, but they were surviving. And they weren't. Yeah, s- but it wasn't safe. That ain't that. That, that, was that, was, that oh. wasn't safe. <laughs> uh, man, that wasn't, wasn't going to have me up in there. I can tell you that for sure. Um, that's no, that's a big no no. <laughs> I don't know. I was like, it seemed like they were they were doing pretty okay. It seemed like they had uh, I'll say it. it seemed like they had things under control. Let's put it that way. The governor had things in his control, but you know, he he made some he made some worse decisions than Rick because he was crazy. It he made crazy decisions, which did put some people in harm's way for sure, but I mean, I'm just thinking, like, you know, they weren't getting overrun with zombies all the time, like, <laughs> like Rick and his clan. Um, Merriweather County, Georgia. Merriweather, Woodbury, Woodbury. No, Woodbury. Yeah. No, Woodbury's at the end. That's the end of the book. Also... End. So, what was it called before then? Pretty sure Woodbury's the end. Either way, like I said, I feel like you know they had things under control. They were, you know, they were relatively safe. But it had to be relatively safe for them people to stay there. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I just oh no, like, you're right, Woodbury. You're right. Okay, that's what I thought. I'm trying to remember oh, what's the town at the end. I don't know. Um, yeah, you're right. It's Woodbury. I forgot. It's been so long since I watched those seasons. Yeah, that was like season two, three, something like that. Season um, three. Season, season three. three. Yeah. On with Herschel. So, so season three. Yeah. But, um. but so the what I mean. The thing in the anthology for me is, and to end this very long, quick hit, because that's what we do. Um, I just, I know they've tried, they've done so much um, with the past with Fear of the Walking Dead that I'm not sure what else they can, they can try to do. I mean, you could go into different places in the world, but then that's going to require you to create, um, characters that people are actually interested in um and you've never done a format of of one-offs where people are accustomed to new characters new week new location new situation and you know and have a short story being told you know you know in australia or in france or you know in canada or wherever um that would be interesting because you know what i mean the farthest they traveled was 
what Virginia, DC, and from Atlanta. Um, no, Kentucky to yeah, Kentucky to Atlanta to the DC Alexandria area. That's right. not a very big, you know, that's not a very big area to traverse. No. Uh, over I mean, the, it is. I mean, it is mostly over, on foot, but but over the over the um, the length of the of the series, um, you would think they had traveled a lot farther, you know, and True. especially True. you know. So it's like, well, you know, if we're thinking, you know, if we're thinking about what the rest of the world's doing, I, I, I could be okay with it, but fans aren't accustomed to, you know, a shift that large of a shift in how they're telling the stories. And then the future is essentially potentially covered with, you know, the adventures of Daryl and Carol, um, you know, what happens post that show. So, you know, and, and and why would you even jump forward in time with the anthologies? Because then there's not much of a reason to watch anything from before then anymore. So you kind of have to live in the in the quote now or the past to really have content that's that's worth watching for the the other newer content that's trying to keep the story moving forward. Um, so yeah, it's, but I think it, it, if you can. You can jump around. It, it, jump up, you, jump up, and get down. Here we go again. Um, <laughs> if you can do it, if you can do it in the right way, um, I think you can do it. It, it. it wouldn't be impossible to do, you know, so these, these micro stories um, of other parts of the world, because there, there is a whole other world out there even other countries, even, you know, if you want to explore that route and say you can, yeah, you know, keep the story going, but it's like, it's now, but quote unquote, but you know, in Austria or something, I don't know. Um, I think it would make for a good story. I, I mean, I'm thinking about like other shows that have done that. Um, give me an example. Uh, I'm trying to think. Um, oh, I'm thinking about one. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, uh, one come. I'm trying to think. Let me think. Uh, oh, like Torchwood. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 Right. Like you had this. It's like it. The, the Doctor Who story continued, and then you had like this whole and side. Of, I mean, it was it wasn't Doctor Who story. I mean, I mean, I know it wasn't. It, it was, was more of a spinoff. There, yeah, following, yeah. But I mean, I'm just saying, like, like the main story still went forward, and Torchwood was able to kind of like tell a different story in the same universe, right? And still be, you know. I mean, granted, it wasn't as successful as Doctor Who, but it was able to be mildly successful in telling us another story in that universe without being on the Doctor. Right. Because he couldn't obviously be everywhere doing everything. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I mean I'm mean, i someone who enjoyed Torchwood. Um, even the last season with 
Mackay Pfeiffer, I, which I'm still like shaking my head. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing personal, Mackay Pfeiffer. I mean, love you, brother. Um, but that season was different. Um, and that's not on him. That's not on um, what the, the guy's name who plays Jack Harkness. That's not any of the cast. The writing for that was just weird. Um, and so what other, there's another American actor that was in that. Um, crap. I don't know. Um, it's going to drive me. Uh, no, Bill Pullman. I'm pretty sure Bill Pullman, President Grant of Independence Day fame. I'm pretty sure Bill Pullman played the jerk um, in that. But yeah, um, he was in there. He was in there. It's just maybe the thing is the thing with Torchwood was actually the thing with all the spinoffs, Torchwood, the Sarah Jane Chronicles. Um, now I'm forgetting. I know why I feel like I'm forgetting one. I'm, for, I'm forgetting one, aren't I? Um, I'm forgetting a Doctor Who spinoff. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I feel like I am. Class. And there must be yes, I'm, I'm forgetting that. But why am I like I'm forgetting something else? There was four. I don't even remember three. Class, there's Torchwood, Sarah Jane. Yeah, I guess it's just those three. You call yourself a Hovian. Ash. Uh, <laughs> I mean, class is new too. Like. You know, that's like that's still yeah, it was fairly recent. That was a couple of years ago, you know. Um yeah, it's those two. I guess just in my head, you know, uh I've always of course wanted to see Smith and Jones as a spinoff, but you know, we'll never get some uh, cool. that was yeah, well that would have that would have been great. But I not dig- gonna go down a rabbit hole today. I go down a rabbit hole, I digress. I'm shutting up about that. Um Torchwood and Sarah Jane Chronicles particularly made so much sense because of the direct tie-in with the Doctor. The fact that you first saw them in Doctor Who, you would see those characters return here and there, uh, continuing to solidify that universe. The Walking Dead has been weird with continue uh, with continuity when it comes to that. You know, Morgan being uh, the piece that connects Fear of the Walking Dead. Uh, with the Walking Dead, um, it's just they ha- they did not do as good of a job um, as something like Doctor Who did, uh, in, in with that extended part of the universe. And I, I don't know. I it's I don't know if it, especially because like there was the the one episode where everybody was on it. I uh, forget. I want to say end of season. Martha season, so that would have been season Martha's Martha was two, Martha two seasons or one. I think Martha was Martha one. Martha was season two. No, yeah, season, I want to say two. Uh, season two was uh, season was season one was Rose. Season uh, was Rose with uh, Eccleston. Season two was Rose with Eccleston, and then season three was Martha. Because then you say that name. <laughs> <laughs> what name? Martha. 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 <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> My mom's name. 
<laughs> Mine too. What? Your, your mama named Martha? Oh, we can't okay. fight, homie. We can't Our fight. names is Martha. We can't be beefing out here. We're part of the Martha crew. Right. Uh, <laughs> so, end of season three, you know, Rose makes appearance. We've got the Torchwood crew. They make an appearance, you know, trying to save the world. Sarah Jane is there in front of her computer. You know, she's got canine. They're trying to save the world. Like you saw everybody involved, you know, part of the story. So it was like the continuity is so much stronger. They've just never had that with with Walking Dead as a as a as a franchise of shows. Um, and I think it's too late to establish um, and salvage that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm keeping hope alive with that one. I think we could do it. I think it could be done, um, just because, like I said, I think, I think people were interested in those, those other stories, right? Like that's what kind of kept people coming back was like when they would, you know, they'd go on these long stretches where it's just Rick and the crew, and then all of a sudden they meet these other people, the governor. Woodbury, Alexandria, like they meet all these different town, you know, they ran to Negan and his crew, the trash people, the helicopter people, the, you know, all these different people. And people are like, wait, where did they come from? What's their story? Like, you know what I mean? Just naturally, you're like, what's their story? I wonder what they went through. Because, mm-hmm. like, we know what Rick and all these guys have been going through for the last six seasons. But what are those people? Where have they been all this time? Like what did they go? What did they go through? What did they experience? So I think from that, it, like the natural human curiosity is to be like, what are other people doing? Like, oh, there's other people in the world. What are they doing? Right? Like, they're not the last people on Earth. So, wait a second, <laughs> what are these people doing? And you know, what are their challenges? What are they facing? What are their, you know, their, uh, um the term in script writing, what is their save the cat moment? Um, right. <laughs> you know, so I, like, I, I think, um, I think there's something there, honestly. And like I said, uh, if, if I had the, I mean, just picking between two, like I'd much rather see the anthologies than the Daryl and Carol show. Um, yeah. Cause I always, just, I, I always I, just thought that relationship was weird anyway. It is um, weird. I mean, <laughs> I like the Daryl Dixon character, um, the whole vibe of him and Carol was always weird. And I, I don't, I don't like how they've flip flopped Carol's character. It's, you know, it's been just, you know, she's scared and timid. Then she gets tough and then she's, you know, super tough and cool. Then she wants to give up and become a hermit. I <laughs> come back, and yeah. her, but she wants to be left alone. And she hooks up with um, Ezekiel and she's being the queen of the yeah, king yeah. um and then they're like all right well ezekiel's dead now so now she's got to be the no wait no he's not dead yet i was in the books um oh then she went spoiler oh, alert oh, it's not spoiler, I screwed it up um and i already said the spoiler and he's dead in the books unfortunately um he <laughs> in the books too um but no he was still alive um he's got cancer in the show um but like he dumps, she dumps Ezekiel after living as you know his queen. Um, he's like pining after her and stuff, and then uh, she lets him hit once. But it's like you know we're not getting back together. 
Um, yeah. You know, all that and all that ridiculous CW crap. Um, it's just, it, her character is just, uh, her character is too much of a hodgepodge of characters from the books and it, the, the can, you know, consistency is just not there. Um, I agree. But um, they, they took, they made Carol on the show. They made her Carol from the book at first, you know, uh, even though they added the whole woman, be, you know, being beaten and abused part physically right. and such. Um, good TV. Yeah. And then they turned to uh, Andrea from the books um, because all the cool stuff that Carol did later is all stuff that Andrea, the books did. Uh, yeah. And then, then they turned her, then they gave her a Michonne storyline with Ezekiel. Um, it's just, it's a hot mess. It's just, yeah. And, and, and all those storylines that you take from all these book, these book parts and you throw them into a show character, it changes the character too much. It's not like they were like it's so then this character is just like, you know, I'm a completely different person this year. I'm I don't want to hang around with anybody. Right. Oh, now next episode. Ah oh, man, these people I've been with them for so long. We were meant so much to each other. Yeah, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back and help them. Or even um like they're exp- like Ma- so um I forget her name. The actress that played Maggie left the show because yeah. she wanted to do other stuff. Um, so the reason for her leaving the show, they said was, uh, Maggie took her kid and went to some other town to, to live. Yep. After everything, after being the leader of Hilltop establish, you know, establishing the, the hierarchy and all, all that stuff, you know, killing the snake dude. Um, I can't stand the, I forget his name. I don't even want to remember his name cause I couldn't stand the character in the book or the show. He was a complete sleaze. Um, but the original leader, um, killing him, you know, having having him hung and all, all that drama, you know, f- dealing with a potential insurrection, all of that for them to be like, um, yeah, she just, you know, she just took her, her <laughs> packed up and left. She packed up and left. Yeah. And then she apparently, and then, you know, she's coming back for this final season. So then she can be like, oh, hey, guys, you know, I only abandoned the hilltop to you know, hang over here for, you know, a year. Like, right. But that, I mean, see, and that's where the potential comes in. I mean, I don't know how many more shows she wants to do, but you know, there's potential there to kind of like tell that story even um, of what, like where she's been for the last year. Uh, You know, you got that, you got, I mean, there's just so many stories to tell. I think the reason why, like, um, the fear of the walking dead is it was such a failure was because like it was telling trying to tell a story that nobody really wanted to know. Well, I, mean, I like, agree. If people wanted to know. I know personally I was interested in um seeing what the you know what the outbreak looked like from and not obviously from Rick's flashbacks, but like, you know, what was it like in, in a big city like LA? Um, so that's why the first season was all right for me because, um, it showed that what was, what was whack for me was a lot of the characters were just pretty weak. Um, you know, it it was, and the, the, the family drama that they were really hyping up between, you know, between the other's blended family, um, you know, and the stepdad going out of his way for, 
um, you know, his, his wife's, not that a stepdad wouldn't, but, you know, really going on his way for, um, you know, his, his, his wife's, you know, coke head, um, no heroin addict son, um, mm-hmm. who keeps relapsing and, um, and, and like half the time they're arguing about his, you know, his drug addiction and stuff. It's like, wait, um, and it would make sense like the first episode or two because no no one truly knew what was happening. You know, there was little reports of this and that, people seeing weird right. things eating. You know, he you know, he was high and he saw someone eating a face in this like abandoned, you know, church where people went to get high. So it's like, okay, the guy was, you know, he was he was he was on heroin, he's seeing right. um but after the first couple episodes and it's it's established what's going on and they're on the run. I'm like, why are you still arguing about his drug habit? With <laughs> the drugs no more, like, what? Why is this? Why is his drug history still a thing? Like, that don't matter no more. It's about keeping everybody alive. Like, why are you continuing to bring up his drug habit? You know, and like, the daughter is like, and their daughter, and you know, her daughter um, is you know upset that she's not texting, and you know, because her and her boyfriend, you know you know, he, he, he turned and whatever. And so she's playing on the radio, talking to some guy and having this, you know, romance on the CB radio on while they're on or while they're at sea and gets the pirates on them. And so like, 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 come on, like no one's that stupid that fast. Like, yeah. like well, that's what I'm saying. Like, like, yeah, the, the, that's what I mean. As far as like the, the story that nobody wants to know, like they, Nobody wanted to, nobody cared about that stuff. We wanted to see more of the macro level, like what happened, how did this happen, and kind of what everybody's reaction was. And like, you probably could have did that in like two or three seasons and then, you know, have it tie into The Walking Dead and call it a day. Um, even maybe, yeah, like two or three seasons. You know, you kind of start it off and then, and then you lead up to, somehow lead up to you know rick joining in there and then boom and then you can lead it directly into the walking dead or you can just kind of leave it as it is and then just have it start off the way it did you know but i mean even just as interesting just even how i think because of the way that the 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 beginning of the walking dead started out was like you know rick was just kind of like He's in the middle of this chaos and destruction. Just woke up from, I guess, I don't know, a concussion or whatever. Uh-huh. And he's kind of like, Dave's confused. He has no idea what's going on. He's like, you know. And so it's like, most people just want to know what happened there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, most people just want to know, like, how did we get to that point? Um, exactly. And so, like, if you could just tell you know, you, you tell the story. The first season, boom, you set it up. The first season is just kind of life is normal. And then this is the beginning of the outbreak. And to, like, to your point, like, people don't know if it's, uh, like, real or if it's just, like, hallucinations or whatever. Mm-hmm. Boom. That's your whole first season right there. Then yeah. your second season, you start to show the spread. And then, you know, the, the outbreak really sort of becoming this massive global thing and then how it's affecting people's lives you don't have to get any really too specific into the characters 
You, I mean, they're all going to, most of them are going to die anyway, right? So you don't even really have to invest too much into them. Yeah. And then, boom, your third season, you, you kind of like, you lead into to Georgia and Rick and how he got involved in all of this and like why we should even care about him in the first place. Cause like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you picked a sheriff in the middle of Atlanta to be your main character for the last 11 seasons, pretty much. Why should we even care? Like, what is his connection? So give us that. Tell us like why you, you chose to macro down to this guy um, versus all the other billions of people in the world that you could have picked. Like what makes him so special to follow him around for 11 seasons. Right. And then you, you show the story from there, you know, then you got walking dead from there. And then, and then now you got your two spinoff shows and then the anthologies can tell other stories and even link back to those stories from the original, from the fear walking dead. Yeah. Go back to some of those people that survived and you're like, Oh wait, I thought everybody died from that show. Oh wait, this guy's still alive. Um, and I think he got a pretty good show, but I think that's where they dropped it all. They got in too much into the to the teenage drama and the the family drama and just to these people that we really don't care about emotionally because we're like none of them clearly none of them survive as far as we know. Because the yeah. last eleven seasons we haven't seen any of them. <laughs> so like why would we emotionally invest in them? Um when you should really give us some characters that we we will see later on or we already seen in the walking dead true and that's i think that's where it fell off and that's where i think the anthologies will make good because they'll give you little glimpses or a little you know uh cameos of those at least from what what i read well, I think you'll get to see were, those characters again yeah i think some people were, were like well maybe um We'll get to see what happened to the Vatos, you know, from season one. Um, like some of those groups that or people they came across that were that were cool. Um, right. And they really, you know, or they had small beef, but then they resolved it and they, you know, they went their separate ways. Um, so that that's so that that makes sense. That's OK. And I'm kind of I was kind of surprised that that didn't uh, happen, you know, a lot earlier with uh with the show as far as when it came to spinoffs because you've got you establish these characters and if it was a really good episode you probably got people asking questions and you know what questions are being asked you know after the show because you've got talking dead and you've got people calling in you've got people in the audience and they're like yeah i wonder what happened to this this guy i mean this group was cool i wonder what's going to happen to them in the universe well okay you're wondering maybe we should you know if you're wondering that much maybe we should make this a show instead of you know, creating, you know, goofy teenage drug family blended drama on a new show with characters that no one cares about. Um, and there's no interest or, or anything at all in them. Like, right. it's not, and it's not like they were telling, it's not like the fear of the walking dead tells a story that gets you to the walking dead. You know, it'd be one thing if it was a story that led to the beginning, the beginning of the walking dead or just into a, an entry point where someone right. from the show was a became was a part of the group, um, right. and Alexandria, and maybe the Fear the Walking Dead story was just part of their past they didn't want to tell, or whatever. But some type of continuity, something to to make you care a bit more is it was my thing, yeah. um, and I I think they kind of dropped the ball there. But um, 
going along that route, uh, Daisy Ridley, star of the Star Wars new trilogy, revealed that there was quite a bit of confusion uh, with the family history of the Ray character, the, the Ray Palpatine character. And she revealed that she was supposed to be Ray Kenobi, but that would pretty much change every time the wind blows. So she was supposed to be, you know, Ray Kenobi and then Ray nobody. Cause she was supposed to be just a nobody. And she was probably Lee Ray Jenkins. Um, they just, <laughs> JJ just didn't know uh, for a long time what she was supposed to be. And then he even said she was going to be a Palpatine and then changed his mind two weeks later and then obviously changed his mind again. Um, it just further shows that they really didn't know what they were doing <laughs> in telling this. Well, I mean, part of it was like he wasn't supposed to do episode nine anyway, right? So, like, um, but again, we we what we said that what we said you know last show, they should have had the story down, the entire thing before they even shot the crew. Yeah, yeah, which is, um, you know, actually surprising for Disney because considering, you know, their success with Marvel and having that, um, well, they don't have a Kevin Feige, Feige, however you say that man's name. They don't have one of they don't have him or someone like him at the helm making yeah. sure everything stays within this uh, particular story. Yeah, but I mean, you have, I mean, well, I mean, she's not the best, but you have um, what's her name, Kathy. She's in charge of all the Star Wars stuff. I forgot her name, Kathy, whatever. Um, she's supposed to be like the Kevin fight, Feige, Feige. I think that's how you say it. I don't know. Um, Fijay? I, I don't know. I was Kevin. You ever hear um, I'm trying to disrespect your name. I'm just trying to have fun in the fact that I can't pronounce it. <laughs> but yeah, so she's supposed to be Kat. Ah, oh, I can't remember her name. And Kathy something. Um, she's supposed to be that person. And she it was it was her idea to like she it was her idea to scrap the uh now what we now know as legends. Um, it was her idea to reboot, you know, all the different, sh- well, not reboot, but, you know, um, have all the interconnected shows, the Clone Wars, the Resistance, the um, uh, Rebels, um, you know, the Mandalorian, all this stuff, all the shows we got now. And she was she was the one who pitched this whole story. Um, this trilogy to JJ to get him to want to do episode seven. Um, so I I assume like just based on the formula, and then you have this woman um, in charge of it, and in a similar role to Kevin, mm-hmm. you would think that they would be like, okay, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? We know we did this with Marvel. Now sure. let's do this. Let's. Shouldn't we do this with our other properties too, right? Like, shouldn't yeah. we do this with Star Wars? Shouldn't we do this with uh, whatever interconnected universe we have, Pixar? Um, shouldn't we do this with all the different interconnected universes? Let's follow the same thing, right? 
Um, yeah, our general formula. Yeah, and so like, it is surprising that they didn't have all this stuff like hammered out. It's also kind of not surprising because like you know JJ's JJ and his stupid mystery box that drives me nuts. Oh um, it's like the box of gimmicks for this <laughs> box of gimmicks. Pull one out. Yeah, JJ mystery box BS is just driving me nuts. Is yeah, I mean it's old now. Like it was cool. It wasn't even cool, man. It it wasn't cool. And I forget the other show when I, I was trying to remember when we were talking with uh, with George last week. Um, it, I, it wasn't Lost that I was thinking of. It was Alias. Oh. Alias didn't answer any questions either. No one knows what the heck was going on. Um, he's just always throwing crazy stuff out of his box, and no. He, I don't think he knows. I just don't think the man knows. I think it's the easy way to. It's lazy writing. I think that's what it is. Like it's lazy writing, lazy directing. It's, it's the easy way to writing, and and good ideas that just turn out to not have any answers. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's easy to just like, hey, I got an idea, and here's my idea. I'm not going to flesh it out any more than that, right? Like, hey, I got an idea for Geek Nation podcast, right? And it's a great idea. Ah, I'm not going to answer any questions. I'm not going Because that's, that's the part that takes work, right? Yeah. So it's like, wow, that sounds amazing. And everybody jumps on board. They get invested. And then you leave them hanging because it was a great idea, Right. I mean, even with the whole thing, because I read the, uh, I want to say it was Time or, I don't know, one of those um, publications. Um, mm. It probably was Time, but, or it might have been Entertainment. Um, but anyway, it was like, an, it was the whole, like, they had like a whole, um, like a whole issue dedicated to um, The Force Awakens. And like how this was before the Force Awakens came out, they didn't even have a name for it yet. It was just like you know, we just knew that the trilogy was coming, and JJ was going to direct the first film and all that. And I remember reading the article. Well, it was more like a piece, really, because it was like fifteen pages. But Ooh, um, <laughs> I know it was like super long. Um, but I remember reading the whole thing, and it was like, you know, they they talked about how she pitched it to him and she went to him because he was like he didn't really want to do it but he was a big star wars fan and she said you know her pitch was well if you're such a big star wars fan don't you want to know what happened to luke like don't you want to know what happened to him after you know the return of the jedi and um not the return of the jedi I'm getting my music, my movies mixed up, but um, yeah. huh? Return of the Jedi was the last one of that trilogy. Oh yeah, it was. Okay, I don't know what I was thinking about. Oh, because I was, I was, I was in my mind. I was I said Return of the Jedi, but in my mind I was thinking Empire Strikes Back for some reason. Um, and I'm like, wait, that's not right. Um, but it was Return of the Jedi. <laughs> and, um, yeah. So she's like. Uh, you know, don't you want to know what happened? Like, what happened to the Jedi? What happened to Luke? What, like, what? Don't you want to like know that story? And which, oddly enough, now that I'm thinking about it, as I'm 
speaking it out loud, but I'm like, it's funny that that was the pitch that got him interested considering that like he's Mr. Mystery Box and I don't want to know the stories because that's what makes the stories great is I don't know what happens in the end. And so like it makes it interesting that he would even say like, yeah, I want to I want to end Luke's story and talk about what happened uh, because clearly he had no intentions of ever actually ending Luke's story um, <laughs> and answering any questions. But um, yeah, so I think that's just like, that's just, like I said, it's just lazy writing. It's like, yeah, I got this great idea. Let's talk about what happened to Luke. And, you know, he started this school and he, you know, he became this great Jedi master and all this stuff. But then we're not going to really like tell anything other than that. Right. Like, we're just going to kind of allude to those things and never actually like really show you what happened. Cause that's, that's pretty much what happened. Right. Like the whole, force awakens was like just legends really it was just like oh yeah we heard about this guy named luke and he's just like an eggs and you know in hiding now and we don't we're not even really sure why he's in hiding but he's in hiding (laughs) like his you know nephew is just like this just went off the rails and we're not even sure why he ran off the rails but uh he went off the rails and and also he killed his father because like he idolized his grandfather, yeah. but we're not even sure how he even knew that well, yeah, Vader was his him. grandfather. <laughs> like him yet? Well, he knew who his parents were. Well, uh, yeah, but I mean, like, um, yeah, they just—I mean, it was just like it was just weird that like it was like, well, well he idolized his grandfather and not his uncle or even his mom for that matter. Um, right. Well, he's mad at mom because she quit being a Jedi, um, and that but we was- didn't even know that yet. <laughs> Well, we didn't know that, but we we found that out in the last movie when with the whole you know let's deep fake Carrie Fisher's face and make it you know creepily just young creepy look on yeah, that was just weird looking, um, yeah and yeah it was it was just it was just blah, um yeah so I, as much as you know and I'm not the big as big of a Star Wars fan as you are but as much as I love Star Wars. You know, I, I try to defend it and I try to make some sense of it and try to salvage it. And I just can't do it. You know, I just stopped defending it. To be honest. <laughs> I still love it, but I just stopped defending it. Like, I just, I can't, when people are just like, yeah, Star Wars is trash or Star Wars is this, I'm just like, I'm never, you know, I'm never going to say Star Wars. No, nah, I know. Not, I, I mean, not you. I'm just saying, like, in general, I'm just not like, I used to be like, what? Are you kidding me? The Star, the, the. now I'm just like, yeah, well, if you don't like it, that's cool. That's, that's, you know, that's your choice. We, we understand. <laughs> if you're not, but yeah, I mean, going back to this Ray Kenobi thing, um, you know, honestly, like at the end of Force Awakens, I, I that was my impression. Like, I was like, oh yeah, she's definitely a Kenobi. A lot of people thought that. Um, I I called it she that she was a Palpatine because I was like, they're gonna try to fool everybody and try to. Re- I was thinking that they were gonna flip the script. They're like, hey, you know, even the Palpatines can be light side and look. You know, we all know that the Skywalkers have this dark side capacity. So look, now we've got a dark Skywalker again, but we're going to have a good Palpatine. 
Um, and we're going to flip the script on them between this, you know, ridiculous feud between these families, essentially. Um, yeah, and I was the right. Hatfields and the McCoys. Um, yeah, and and I, and I was right. And, right. and I didn't, you know, I didn't, I'm not, I was right. And that's the thing, I'm not glad about it. But you know, I wish like, it had even been with so that, much like, uh, and uh, we talked about this after, after episode nine, but um, I just hate that she didn't own it. You know? Yeah, like, that was so dumb. Oh, I'm going to say my name is Skywalker. No, the name Skywalker is not synonymous with goodness in Jedi. It's a right. name. The whole right. point the name doesn't matter. Right. The decisions that you make, you live with the choices that you make, whether you do the right thing, you do the wrong thing. That's the, if that wasn't the point, what is the point? <laughs> exactly. What do we just watch the last three movies for? Right. Yeah. I wish she would have just owned it and be like, yeah, I am a Palpatine. And like I'm going to redeem and then right, and then just make it her Palpatine. mission to redeem the name Palpatine, and you know for good for the light side, for the force, yeah, you know, and um, as a Jedi, you know, but yeah, and then I was like, I was kind of like, I don't know, um, yeah, I, don't know. I have so many disappointments. You know, the one thing I did call, I didn't call that she was a Palpatine, but I did call that that JJ was going to totally destroy <laughs> the Star Wars franchise, um, which I feel like he accomplished his mission. Uh, yeah, because it was just, uh, I have so many hangups for him. But yeah, I mean, I, at the end of episode seven, I was like, okay, she's not a Skywalker. Um, you know, even though that whole like the whole moment when she met Carrie Fisher for the first time or Leia for the first time, yeah, um, seemed really weird. It was like, and I know I wasn't the only one that said it. It was like, it was like they were acting like they knew each other. Yeah, that was weird. It was super weird, and like, I mean, I know a lot of people said the same thing, and then I was like, and that's when they were like, "Yo, she's a Skywalker. She's Luke's daughter, and you know, she doesn't know, but Leia knows." And, but, and that would just be too much rinse and repeat of, "Hey, the Skywalker dude." Apparently, Skywalker men don't know if they have children. Right? They're all deadbeats. Yeah, they're terrible fathers. Yeah. Well, actually, they know they have children. They just refuse to <laughs> actually well, acknowledge them. Well, he, well, Vader wasn't supposed to know. Like he didn't. Um. Oh. But he knew because he's the one that told. He's the one that told Luke. He knew about well, he knew about one. He didn't know there was two. So okay, so he knew, but he didn't know. Yeah, he didn't know Leia was his daughter. Right. But he knew Luke was. Um. But yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm glad they didn't go that route. I really would have been mad, but. Then I was like, after that interaction, I was like, oh, maybe, maybe she's a Kenobi, and you know, Leia knows, and Leia's been like keeping her in hiding, and, and like, like, because I kind of even, even like with Han, like I kind of felt like he knew, you know, um, like the way they that whole just kind of like he kind of took her under his wing, like his like his daughter, or like like somebody he knew like way too fast. Especially, right. we all know Han. Like he doesn't trust anybody. Um, 
under so that was, <laughs> right so that was just weird like how fast he took her under his wing it was just like you know like as if she was his daughter or something yeah. and um and it was like that was my two theories i was like either she's a kenobi or they're going with the legends book and she's the you know the second solo um yes she's the second solo uh the twin like you know they had jason oh right 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 ah, what was the name of the book it was Jason. Um, solo what was what jason was ben was it jason ben no no Dang, what were the, the solo twins? Oh man, it's been so long since I read that. Um, oh, me too. Um, I mean, it's not Ben. Because one was a girl, one was a boy. Jace was the Jaina, girl. Jaina and Jason. Jaina, that's it, yeah. Um, yeah, so I was like, oh, yeah. Man was written in 93, man. Wow. <laughs> that makes me feel really old. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I that I was like, they're going to go that route at first. I was like, especially once, like, you know, the whole uh, Luke's lightsaber calling to her and all that stuff. I was like, oh. And then the, they like they they kept pushing that connection between her and Kylo. So I was like, "Oh yeah, she's definitely his sister." Yeah, I, I wasn't feeling that either. Yeah, I was like, "They're definitely they definitely stole from the 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 New Republic um, book." The New Republic. And, I mean, the um, come on, New Hope. The New Hope. Yeah, New Hope. with the twins and the. the, well, the whole, I mean, and the, like you know, like everyone has said, the first you know the first movie of the second trilogy episode seven was pure just like hey you remember this right you remember the movie we did in 77 it was right. great wasn't it now we're gonna do the same thing we're just gonna put a british chick a british black dude but make him sound like he's american and another ruggedly handsome white dude who's a pilot that's a bit of a rebel oh and we'll right. bring back the same wookie because we don't we obviously <laughs> don't want to replace the wookie um or replace r2d2 we can't replace them I, well, most of the Wookiees are dead anyway, right? Who knows what's going on with Kashik? Like, I, I, I don't. Know. <laughs> um, they, they, they won't answer that question. It's just, yeah. I mean, that whole movie was like, hey, because there wasn't a whole lot of them left anyway in the Clone Wars. Well, they just they never. Because remember, like they when uh, Yoda went there, they were there was like all the fighting, and Yoda went there, and then. Well, no, I haven't gotten that far in Clone Wars, so I don't. I didn't see them visit Kashyyyk. Ah, uh, yeah. So you'll see. I'll see. Um, them. Yeah, I mean, the most exploration in Kashyyyk I've seen happened uh, in Knights of the Republic, which is like <laughs> two thousand years before. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah so yeah, most. Of, I, I, if I remember correctly, most of them were dead, so it wasn't. A whole lot left anyway, and Chewie might be the last one. Um, no, we, I mean, no, because I mean, if we're talking expanded, there's Lobaka, he was the Wookiee Jedi, yeah, but they don't count, you know, and the, they don't count. You're talking, the, pure, we were going back to pure, if we're going, I'm talking about, yeah, if we're just talking canon, I don't think he's. Man, to me, the whole expanded universe is canon. Forget what Disney wants to call it. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't care. I don't care what they want to call Cannon or not. Low Bach is Cannon to me. He's a 40 <laughs> Wookie, like, deal with it. Yeah. But, um. But yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, I thought I thought she was a Palpatine. I was, I mean, I thought she was either. I was like, either she's a Solo, well, or, I or she's a Kenobi. I couldn't I get. Like, I hope she's not a Solo. See, I was just... her being. Oh, well, I shouldn't say I couldn't get down with her being Kenobi. I didn't. Couldn't get down with her being Obi Wan's child or grandchild because I just can't see Obi Wan macking at all. Um, <laughs> Like if she was Kenobi blood but not his kid, I would have believed that. But I was not believing, you know, Obi-Wan uh fell in love and got busy and you know, he was just so so stuck in you know, following the rules and stuff. Like I just couldn't see him yeah, you know, straying off the path at all. Um that's what that was honestly my main reason for not thinking she was a Kenobi. Because I was like, there's no way that Obi-Wan fathered a child. No, that didn't happen. But see, that's where I was like, I only reason I agree up until you know, a new hope. It was like he was just, you know, he's living in exile and you know, old man Ben. Yeah, crazy you know? Ben living out <laughs> and people like so I was like, maybe, you know, I mean the Jedi ways were for the most part kind of gone um all the jedis were in exile and just you know living in hiding so i was like hey it would take his story it would make his story more believable if he took on a wife and had a kid and you know well if he hid that way like because you know, old dude in robes hiding in the hills of a of a planet where scream. I mean, that screams Jedi. <laughs> this is the Jedi, old hermit in robes, no family. Hmm. I wonder what he used to be. Right. But in plain sight, having a wife, having a family, having kids. Right. Yeah, that actually is a better storytelling. It makes more sense. Yeah. But, so that was the reason why, like, I was like, I can buy that. And then by the time Luke comes around, you know the the. I mean, obviously, she would probably be his granddaughter. Ray probably would have been his granddaughter. But, um, you know, by the time Luke comes around, his his kids are grown. They moved out. They or or kid, you know, one or two, however many he had. However, uh, we don't. His know. wife, yeah, his wife probably passed away, and, and he's just old man Ben. Now he's just old man Ben living in you know, right, living in the desert, out crazy. of his van, <laughs> <laughs> out of the back of the feeder. That's you know, we're doing it. but um, you know, but I, like I can see that, and then you know, his kids kind of maybe even like you know, you can even throw in like he taught his he secretly taught his kids the ways of the forest, and they saw that you know Ray was force sensitive, and so they ditched her for her own good. Um, kind of, kind of the same story as as oh no, they're the not whole see what Palpatine they, thing. Um, his kids uh, see what, what they do is his kids know about the force and he's and he's um raising Ray a little bit, but then they're jealous because they're not force sensitive and he is. So then they pretend to be her parents and sold her and abandoned her. And so 
that would be yeah. So they'd be like, yeah, we we didn't like you because you had the four powers. And we <laughs> okay, <did."> Joseph, <laughs> right? Right? You kept on bre- <laughs> you kept on forcing force controlling your breakfast over to you and be like, hey, look at me, look what I did, and we ain't get no coat of many colors, and we, <laughs> we didn't get the Jedi robe from Pop Pop, <laughs> right? We didn't get no Jedi robe from Pop Pop. Oh, with you. Why are you bragging on it? <laughs> punk, punk Jedi. You don't want you. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, um, oh. I mean, there's so many different ways you could have went with that story and still made a good story and probably still made a better one than the one that we got. But yeah. Um, yeah. Moving on. <laughs> moving on up to the east side. We are violating everything tonight. Okay, so the next quick hit that none of these have been quick. We, we're breaking all the rules. These are supposed to be quick hits. None of them are quick. Um, this one goes quick. Stefan Marbury says his career is Hall of Fame worthy. Unique DNA, yes or no, is Stefan Marbury who, let's, let's, let's set the table, Stefan Marbury, who did indeed average in his NBA career. We're not talking about the China career, but that's part of what his uh, should be in consideration for part of the Hall of Fame. Um, he did average 19 over 19 points a game. Um, I think uh, 19 points a game, oh, seven, let's say seven and a half assists, three rebounds a game in the NBA. Um, multiple time all-star, uh, all NBA player. Obviously not a slouch. Uh, is Stefan Marbury a Hall of Fame player in your eyes? Yes. Next question. All right. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Because I agree wholeheartedly. Stefan Marbury is not only a Hall of Famer, he should have been already in the Hall of Fame. Um, and obviously his play in China should do nothing but solidify his place in the Basketball Hall of Fame. And he may have one of the best legacies of basketball um, of all time. Um, but that's a much longer conversation as far as his impact in China. Uh, but I just want to stay, state this because um, I am a known uh, hater of Steve Nash's accomplishments <laughs> when it comes to those MVPs he didn't deserve. Not a hater of Steve Nash himself, just the fact that he got two trophies he did not deserve. Um, and people claim that Steve Nash was such a better player than Stefan Marbury. Yet, uh, Stefan Marbury averaged 19 points a game to Steve Nash's 14. They both averaged three rebounds a game. Stefan, six, 7.6 assists to uh, Nash is 8.5. And here's the real kicker is, you know, the defense that Nash did not play. Starbury averaged uh, over assist, I mean, a steal a game 1.2 to Nash's 0.7. Both averaged a 0.1 block per game. Um, Nash played five more seasons, but only has less than a uh, little uh, 1,100 more points despite playing five more seasons. Um, Starbury has more steals in his career despite playing five less seasons. Uh, their percentages aren't that far off either. Respectable 43% from the field, 49 for Nash, 32.5 for Starbury, uh, even though he came up in the 90s, which still was not a heavy three-point shooting era. Um, well, I can't say they both came in the league the same year. Um, but Nash, 42.8%, very good. 78% free throw shooting for Starbury, 90% for Steve Nash, 
and their best seasons. We've had Starbury 23.9 points per game. Steve Nash never hit 20 points per game. Um, yeah. Steve Nash was very good. Not saying he wasn't a Hall of Famer. But, uh, yeah, he didn't deserve them trophies. And Stephon Marbury was not some bum. Uh, I think the Suns would have gone to the exact same place they went if they kept Starbury and didn't bring in Nash. They weren't going to win the championship uh, regardless. And as evidence, they did not. And, I, you know, Starbury would have had the same numbers or better. Yeah. And he did. You know, yeah. I mean, you know, it's funny you, you mentioned that they came in the league at the same time because I feel like Starberry always seemed like he came before Nash because it's like kind of yeah I guess he broke out or sooner. Well, he was um, well, he was a star. I mean, we all we big. Well, you well you were a little young, so you may not have been following it, but um. Those of us closer to forty or, or over forty remember the the hype around Starberry, especially at you know in high school um, at Lincoln. Like he was, he had that um, he had the notoriety, he had the fame as this you know point another, another New York City point guard. But this time, you know, he's so good, he's so dominant. He had that um, you know, what, what, what the old heads to us remember as, you know, the the Moses Malone hype from high school, the Daryl Dawkins hype, you know, this you know, this high school phenom um, that had the country's attention, spent the one year um, at Georgia Tech and, you know, and totally balled out. Steve Nash was playing at Santa Clara. You know, he's some Canadian, you know, no one really heard of. No one was, no one was checking for Steve Nash. Yeah. Uh, so... Starberry, you know, then he's he he gets drafted. He's in Minnesota. Him and KG are, you know, exciting. They're electric. Steve Nash is the fourth point guard in Phoenix behind Jay Kidd, Kevin Johnson. Um, okay, he's a third point guard, but see, he's behind Kevin Johnson and, and Jason Kidd. He ain't playing right away, and understandably right. so, you know. Right. So it feels that way because Starbury was a star before he got to the league where Nash, it took him pretty much going to Dallas for him to become a star. Yeah. yeah. Steph was a star before he put on a NBA uniform. Um, but yeah, the, to me, you know, I, I'll, I'll say Steve Nash had the better career, but in my opinion, Stephon Marbury overall as a basketball player, better player. Yeah, more athletic. Yeah, yeah. He Just was the, definitely he was definitely more well rounded. He you know, even like you said, he played he played better defense. It wasn't great defense. I mean, let's let's keep him one hundred. It wasn't great defense, but it was better. No, than but Nash. it was it was it was decent. Yeah, it was better than Nash's horrid defense. And I mean you, I mean, most point guards really don't play a whole lot of defense anyway. I mean you have some. No, that's not let's see, why do people say that? Because that's they, never my through. I don't know. Yes. Most of most of the point guards I played with never played defense. You play with some lazy point guards, like that. Besides my brother, my brother always played defense. But um, I mean, I mean, Magic wasn't the greatest defender, but he played defense. He played hard defense. Zeke was a very good defender. Mark Jackson, a very good defender. John Stockton, a very good defender. You know, Johnson and Zeke are probably top five of defensive point guards. 
Yeah, but um, I mean, let's look at let's look at Bob point Robinson. guards. Dennis Johnson, point guard, all time defensive player. Like there were some point guards out there locking people up. Different era, though. Oh, for what? In the nineties era. Okay, we Zeke played four years in the nineties, won a championship in one of them. You know, Stockton made two finals in the nineties. You know, I think DJ yeah, DJ retired, I think, in the eighties. Um his his best days were behind him. Mo Cheeks. I mean that that's still I mean eighties, nineties, Mo Cheeks. Right. But I mean um, I mean I'm I'm saying I'm thinking like more like more of the the uh, when I say nineties era, I'm thinking more like the draft class um nineties era. You think people you're thinking of people notoriety? Yeah. Well I'm just saying like like you like like Starberry Nash. Um I'm trying to think of who else. Uh around that era you had what else did you have? Well oh, that, shooting guard. That era didn't have a ton of point guard stars. That's sure too. You had, you had the point guards were AI um who you know switched off between point guard and shooting guard, Starberry and Nash. Those um those were the oh, yeah, Jason Kidd too. Yeah, yeah, and I was to mention Jay Kidd and Jay Kidd defense. Known for it. Yeah, he had good defense. That's true. Chauncey Billups, uh-huh. 1997 draft class. Defense. Patrick Beverly right. now. Defense. I guess you're right. Like I, I just I mean you're not I don't the know, first it just it always seems that. like I don't, like, I don't get it. I don't understand why people <laughs> say that. It always seems like they don't. I, I mean, I guess that's just a testament to the maybe the, you know, how they play. Iris and let people go by him, like uh, and just play passing lanes. Like I, I don't, I just don't get why people. Eric's like Eric Snow was on the court because he played defense at point guard position. Like you know Eric, what it was. I think too. I think because a lot of well, not a lot of them, but the 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 most notable ones. They switched off a lot, like 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 AI, like um, even Eric Snow. He played he played shooting guard sometimes too. Um, so you had like that that you know one two. Um, ah man, I mean you had guys who switched off because they couldn't play defense, like Allen Iverson, Jason Williams, Jason Williams. Um, but for I mean. That's why they traded him. I mean, he couldn't guard anybody. That's why they made the trade for him, uh, for Bibby, because Bibby could guard people. Um, right. So that's what I'm saying. Like, 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 Bibby, Bibby, like, like people defense. I like mean, people look at him and they're like, oh yeah, you know, play, point guards don't play defense because you just think about like the ones that the most notable ones aren't. You know, most of the time they're not playing point guard. <laughs> they're playing. The two best point guards in the 90s were both defensive stalwarts in Gary Payton and John Stockton. I hear you. I'm just saying people, when people and, and, think and of point guards, they don't think of necessarily defense. They, like, they, you, like, I mean, you, you get what I'm saying. You, you, I don't have to explain this. I don't know. If I got it, I wouldn't have the question. I just, it (laughs) bothered my mind that so many people say that. And I'm like, look at all these defensive point guards 
from this time. And I'm like, how are you thinking point guards don't play D? I, I just, that just, I, I don't, I'm just, it, I, don't I, don't. <laughs> I, I think of point, I think of 80s, early 90s, Derek Harper, defense. Ron Harper, when he's playing point, he was known because he was playing defense. Because his his knee was gone and that that ups were gone, he wasn't the score. He was locking people down. Like, I just the point guards were guarding you. Um, now, if you're talking mid two thousands, you started to get more point guards who weren't guarding anybody. Um, A lot, you know, Iverson and his you know in years, yeah, Nash. Um, you had all these point guards who. They were like, yeah, my job here is to just dribble um, and pass. Like I'm not, I'm not guarding anybody, and which which helped make Chris Paul such an anomaly because he was such a, he still is, he's such a throwback point guard that can do everything. He's great defender, great scorer. Unlike someone like Patrick Beverly, great defender, really not a scorer, not an offensive player. You know, he's he's there to be an irritant, play hard nosed defense. He's short, um, Tony Allen. You know. Yeah. where Chris can do everything. Um, and you had, so you, you did have that era, but you know, if you're talking nineties, like they, they were, you had to play defense because you had all these other point guards you had to, to contend with, you know, this, this, the uh, point forward heavy era, um, you know, where with the T max and, you know, LeBron's and, you know, Kobe dominating the ball and, and, Vince Carter dominating the ball where, you know, and obviously when Alvin Williams is your starting point guard, Vince better dominate the ball. Like, yeah, I made an Alvin Williams reference. People are probably like, who is Alvin Williams? Yes, Alvin Williams, number 20, play point guard for the Raptors. Look him up. He's not much to look up. Um, and no, he's not my cousin. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you just, you had an error where, you know, defensive point guards were then becoming uh, old, and they were they were retiring. The Gary Paytons were on their last legs. The Mark Jacksons were on their last legs. Um, you know, all those guys were 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 phasing out of the NBA. So the Steve Nashes didn't look so. And honestly, that's part of the reason why I think Steve Nash blew up is because he had less people actually guarding him. Um, but you know. That's another conversation for another time. Stefan Marbury, Hall of Famer, moving on. Um, <laughs> not only the birthday of the uh, Sega Genesis, I'm Sega Genesis, Sega Dreamcast, uh, six years ago today, Destiny launched. Uh, now, I am a current Destiny player. It's probably it's what I'm going to do after I'm done recording this episode with Unique DNA. Unique <laughs> DNA is a uh, no longer active player who is a day one veteran, though he is still officially a member of the Jeep Nation Destiny clan. And if you play Destiny, uh, feel free to link up with us if you don't have an active clan. We'd love to have you. We have some clan allies. We we raid all often out there doing things, trying to get the triumphs, trying to get the uh you know, seals and titles. And I mean, yeah, people chasing titles out there. It's crazy. Um, love to play with you, but let's talk destiny journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, you themselves were asking the, I forget how many million, six million or something players that they have and all the billions of hours played. Uh, 
They wanted to know, has your destiny journey inspired friendship, celebration, or triumph? Um, or any of the three? I'd say yes. Uh, let's see. Out of, out of, out of the that three. Thigh, y'all, that big thigh was because <laughs> Destiny has given Unique DNA several gray hairs. It's more than I actually need it. I mean, I already had, I, I had gray hair since I've been 22. So, but anyway, I digress. Um, yeah, I mean, of, of the three, I definitely say friendships. You know, um, I met, I think, yeah, the, I met Tim for the first time. Tim, yeah, for the first he, time he, on he Destiny. For the first time on Destiny, that's true. Um, yeah. uh, me and TP connected over Destiny, even though we connected here first. Yes, uh, we that connected was my TP. Shout out to our former cast member, my TP. We love to have him back uh, as yeah. a guest. Yeah, um, so we connected here, and then you know we had that episode about Destiny Two um, before that came out, and yeah, uh, and we talked about Destiny One, and then uh, we had like a little raid. I think it was that week or the week after, something like that. We did a we had a little raid going. Um, so it's, it's definitely it's definitely fosters. Yeah, it's fosters some friendships. Um, pr- probably not like a ton. Um, but it's it's foster some. Um, part of it is just because, like, you know, and and the anybody listening, they can go back to our old <laughs> Destiny episode. Go back and, to season one, y'all. It's in yeah, the- yeah, and, and listen to our rants of and disappointments on Destiny. <laughs> um, I you know it's just disappointing, mostly because you know what they sold it to us. Is, as just as a as a, a quick synopsis, I don't want to go down a rabbit hole, but from what they sold it to us as um, versus what it what it's become are nowhere near the same. Um, it's gotten phenomenally better. I will admit that, um, especially with Destiny Two. Mm-hmm. Um, but Destiny One was supposed to be the World of Warcraft. Of console gaming, um, and yeah, we didn't get that. We barely got a game, to be honest. Um, you know, and then, uh, they did updates and patches and DLC and stuff like that, and they made it a little better and they made it playable. But um, and then Destiny Two, they, we got closer to that um, with with now the world events and raids and different things like that, but. It's still, in my opinion, nowhere near World of Warcraft, EverQuest, any of those types of games, the MMORPGs that we were promised Destiny right. would be. Um, it's not there. And I feel like, you know, them asking this question is to say, like, look, see, didn't we give you what you would have gotten in a WoW or EverQuest online or even uh, Elder Scrolls online or anything? any of the other MMORPGs. Like, I feel like that's what they're trying to sell it to us as. Like, look, we fostered these friendships and, you know, we built these this online community and it's like, nah, did you though? I don't feel like you did. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, for 
for some people, definitely. Like, so, um, I mean, for me, it's, I can't, I can't, I'm, I'm going to say yes, but um, friendship is lower. So, like, I've got, and actually, for me, it's actually funny because I've, well, I'll set the table for those who don't know who, um, you can listen to the long table version, um, season one, episode three from Destiny to the Oscars. Uh, if you subscribe to the podcast, you can go back and listen to that episode. There we go, really deep. But um, <laughs> you need Tina as a he's, like I said earlier, he's a day one player uh, from Destiny. I did not start playing Destiny until the Taken King um, DLC. So I was a year, like year two and a half player. Um, and you should have seen the reaction that Unique DNA had when I told him <laughs> that I got to taking Destiny, the vanilla, um, the House of Wolves expansion, um, and the first two expansion house or first two expansions plus the Taking King expansion, which she had paid a roughly like $120, $150 for. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got all of that for a grand total of $30 from Amazon. Mm-hmm. Uh, not happy when I informed him of said sale. And that's how I got our friend Tim to play the game as well. Uh, So I've been playing Destiny since Destiny 1, year two and a half. And it really did not foster new friendships for me until pretty much pretty recently where I reconnected with people that I met in other clans and even from Destiny 1 where I was like, hey, I can't get anybody to help me with this. Let me reach out to these people that I talked to like twice. Um, and turns out some of them are pretty cool. So we've been more active now. Um, and I actually just got mixed in with, uh, um, a group where shout out to, uh, the biggest blurred group on the internet, probably planet EJ, EJOBN. Um, if you know, you know, and, uh, there was a post about destiny. People put their tags in. And of course, of the hundreds of people that are like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to play. I want to rock. Let's do it. There's like five of us who actually play. Um, everyone else just threw their tags and said, add me. And they really ain't be playing. Um, and one of those guys who coincidentally is, uh, lives near, uh, actually lives in or near Philly. He has a clan that I, been playing with a lot they're mad cool they've been playing they met on destiny they've been friends for six years now um and they're still clan. they they play very often and they out here see, getting serious chasing titles and you know raiding and stuff and and they call themselves the family um and so there's i can there's definitely you know a, a sense of friendship that's been cool um recently for me but for me it's just uh for most of this to triumph part because even though I enjoy them, I'm not a FPS master. Um, you know, I'm, I am average above average at best at FPS games. So, um, me getting, uh, me getting the triumph enough triumphs this season to, to get the triumph shirt with my gamer tag on it. It was like huge, like, wow. Like, okay. Like I'm, you know, um, I actually did something. I actually, you know, right now my season rank is is like one ninety something. 
um, partially because this season is going on forever with them pushing back beyond light. But um, I, I, I hit, I killed the season pass. Like I think two, maybe three weeks. I was already at past a hundred. Like it, I'm blowing through it. Of course, <laughs> I, of course, I have more time. Obviously, being that um, temporary late, you know, laid off, temporary unemployed. So like. I've got time to grind in destiny, but triumph has really been cool. Like I, cause it's, it was so difficult to, to accomplish things. You know, I mean, you've played in the games, got yeah. even harder, like, you know, hitting some, some of these raids are just crazy. You know, I, I tro- me and some of the new people from the family that I met, shout out to, uh, to Nick and war. They went with me to do master nightfall. So I could try to get complete the master work on this solstice armor. Yeah. No, it was shoo. We got washed. It took us 45 minutes to get to the boss. And then when we were at the boss, we were there another 20, 20 something minutes, and we couldn't get past the first stage. And when we finally cleared all the ads, then the relic disappeared that we had to hit the boss with. And we did so we had to wipe. And we were like, no, like, no, we're waiting for reset. Forget this. It was it was great. <laughs> an hour and fifteen minutes in there, and we couldn't even get past the first stage of the boss. And that was on Master Nightfall. And there's Grandmaster level where people are going out there just, nah, I, like, so much difficulty. Like, so when like when I accomplish a triumph, um, in Destiny, like I'm like, wow, like, I rarely get the feeling that I accomplished something in a video game, but. Yeah. I accomplished something in, in destinies like this is cause it's a challenge, especially on those really hard levels. So it's, it's pretty cool um, to see great friendships, to have introduced you and Tim essentially through destiny. Um, it was just cool. And even though it was a long break where um, there weren't any like new relationships, having that continue here now into year six, it, it's pretty dope. Uh, like you said earlier, they did not deliver on what they promised you day one guys. Um, and they haven't delivered it yet, but it's still a good game. It still has the best gun mechanics of any game I've ever played. Um, and because I'm already invested, like you were initially, uh, um, it's, it's pretty much a foregone conclusion that I will be getting the next expansion come November, um, and continuing to see where, where they go. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's kind of like for me was the 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 downfall of my destiny career was just like I was so excited for the hype, you know, and everything that they promised and everything that they said they were gonna do and they were gonna give us and this was gonna be the greatest game, you know, MMO RPG FPS in like history and. Um, yeah, it just turned out to be a major letdown. Like even to the point, like you said, paid a hundred, invested over a hundred dollars, hundred plus dollars into it, um, just to get what basically was a complete game. Um, that yeah, we should have got out of the box, and yeah, it just was it was disappointing, and it made me just kind of like I don't know, I don't. It, it was just disappointing. It was like every time I would turn it on, um, it was just kind of like it didn't feel complete, you know? Um, right. 
And even now, it still doesn't. Like I said, it, it's gotten phenomenally better, uh, especially Destiny 2. But, um, yeah, it just didn't feel the same. But I love MMORPGs. Like, I was I was big into WoW um, in high school and little bits of college. Um, so, like, I like that style of play. I like the idea, even just the level grinding. Like, it's a grind for sure, but... Um, it it, it it when it's done right it does it builds those friendships it builds those relationships because you you know you get these clans and and um you know you get guilds and different things like that and you got you you get close because you you guys work it out together and it's mm-hmm. like you said especially when you have those really tough ones and you, those tough raids or or world events and you're like yo we did it like pff, we accomplished so much and that's why I'm like uh, even the, this that was why I get the long side in the beginning because I'm like, this is what you guys are trying to sell us. Even now, seven years later, you're still trying to sell us this. Oh, we were, you know, we we built this MMO RPG community on console, and so like, tell us about your triumphs and your successes and your friendships and like, come on, like it's a joke. Um, <laughs> like, no, no, there were none. Like I'm not gonna say we're done, but it's not what it's nowhere near what you what you're trying to sell. You know what right. I mean? Um, and so because of that, that just you know, like I said, it just it just it, it frustrates me a little bit because it's like yo, it's just not complete. Like it's not what we were promised. And so being a day one guy, you know, um, I think I even got something special for that because I think I pre-ordered. I was like so excited for this game. Um, it's just like, yo, like, come on, like, give me what you promised now, seven, eight years, you know, seven years ago. Um, because, no, like, no, no one can be mad at that because they did fail to deliver, and yeah. um, yeah, and that's and that's disappointing. Yeah, so that's why, like. You know, even now, like I, I, I just hop on here and there. Not as much. It's just most of the time when I'm like, we hopped on here nor there. Okay, wow, but uh, you know, but that's because most of the time when I sit down, I'm like, okay, here, what are my options? What do I want to play? And it's like when I think about playing Destiny, I just think about all the disappointment. Really, <laughs> I'm just like, I don't want to. He gets that. angry. He don't want to see him yeah. when he's angry. <laughs> Not so much angry. I just. No, I know. I'm really just dejected. I'm just like, yo, like, uh, what it could have been. You know, it was one of those things. It's like the one that got away kind of thing. Like, I was uh, just trying to get us another strike for. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, moving on to the next last quick hit that um, are not quick hits Madden 21 released an update and invited customer. Well, it was an invitation, but informed, I guess. Informed is the right word. Madden informed that Colin Kaepernick will be a free agent in the game. Now, obviously, you can sign him to any team, use him in franchise mode, et cetera, et cetera. And not only is Colin Kaepernick in the game, even though he's not in the game, um, he will throw up the black power fist when you score a touchdown with him in Madden 21. How do you feel about EA 
plugging Cap into Madden. Black exploitation. <laughs> yeah, I just feel like um, number one, you know, just first of all, like he's not even in the NFL, and and we've already had our conversations of that, and in some ways, I feel like it's it's a nice gesture. To say like, hey, you know, we we stand with Cap, right? Like, or or Neil. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, from the EA side, and, and you know, companies are everybody's jumping on the black exploitation bandwagon now. Let's let's just be honest; no, they don't really care. It's just it's, it's like if you don't say anything, then you're gonna lose a lot of customers. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of them were just like, well, we're gonna do something because then maybe we'll gain some customers. Um, <laughs> which I have seen happen. Uh, even some of my friends are like, Yo, did you see such and such posted this? And I'm like, Okay, I'm still not buying anything from them. Um <laughs> but they're like, Yo, like i I support them for life. Okay, good for you. Um but yeah, I just feel like it's it's totally unnecessary, it's totally just uncalled for. Um, it's not even like that was one of his signature, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like it's prime time or something or the, the Kirby shuffle or something like that was his signature when he was playing, you know? Right. Um, if that was the case, then they're like, all right, that's cool. You know, you got to respect it and you kept it in there, you know? Um, I was having Neil at the national anthem too, when they, you know, the pregame credits when they roll, um, <laughs> like that's school but um, but no i I, i'm agreeing 100 and my my two cents is this like you said it's a cute gesture but i'm if i was gonna buy the gesture that you stood with cap or you supported cap then you would have had him in the game four years ago as a free agent Mm -hmm. why would you never take him out why wasn't he in madden 20 or Madden 19 or Madden 18. Like if if you if you felt that, but even if you didn't agree with what he was doing, um, he was still a free agent who wanted to play football. You've had free agents in other games who weren't signed yet by a team. They were on a team. They were released. So it's not like, and that's what happened with him. It's not like he said he didn't want to be there. He didn't want to play. He wasn't signed. You had he was a free agent. The free agent. You had other unsigned people in the free agent pool for people to sign and play with. Why wasn't he in there? So, if he would have said, you know, if it would have been, hey, Colin Kaepernick has been in our game for you know for all this time throughout, you know, the whole kneeling and all the controversy, and now this year when he celebrates a touchdown, instead of doing the Superman. Thing that he did, um, he did a Superman thing, right? No, no, the the. No, I'm sorry, I'm thinking Cam. Instead of doing the uh, the flex thing that he did, his touchdown celebration, mm-hmm. he's gonna um, he's gonna raise a black power fist, um, and that's gonna be his touchdown celebration. That would be something. Okay, cool. That that would be all right. Okay, I can dig that. 
But plugging him in, and, and it's, man, this is an update. He wasn't originally a part of the game. They added him right. in later on. So, right. you know, that, that that says to me, you know, like you said, black exploitation. And we're we're gonna we're gonna we're we're banking on the fact that our customers are more than likely to support Colin Kaepernick than not support him. So we're going to put him in the game and hope it generates some more dollars for us. Right. Um, which also point noted. Um there was just a recent post about um the fans boycotting the game because they feel like it's not worth the money and they want more um you know they want more out of it they haven't yet. the sales are down and, repeat i haven't yeah. bought a Madden game in forever yeah i mean I, I look back i haven't bought one since 08 08 and then there was that one that wow. i won really Oh wait, and then okay. I won. I think um, twenty eleven. I think it was. I won it from like a Doritos contest. <laughs> so, um, but I didn't. I know, crazy, right? Um, wow. But um, which actually it was a nice pack. They gave me the they gave me the coach's headset, the Motorola one. Yeah, that's dope. It was the Motorola coach's headset. I got a, a Madden branded controller. And um, the game. Oh, and a, a USB stick. Okay. The Madden, you know, the Madden. That's true. On it. So, um, yeah, it was cool. It was a cool. Um, shout yeah, out to Doritos. Madden was like, uh, <laughs> Calvin Johnson was on. I think that was 13. I think that was yeah. my last Madden. Yeah. So, uh, shout out to Doritos on Twitter. They yeah, word, word. It was Doritos and Game Informer. They had like some kind of cool, um, Good looking out, Doritos contest, but um, yeah, but yeah, I was just, I was just reading about that, so it, it's, it's ironic that, well, I guess not ironic because ironic is unexpected. Um, <laughs> it's it's very telling that they would um, have this in. Uh, you know, after all of that, that backlash, um, and you know, to the point that um, gamers were calling for the them the, and the exclusive biddy deal, and oh all yeah, that. people were tweeting and felt like get rid of EA, find something else. Oh yeah, right. Right. it's getting so real it's like, for them. It's like, oh, you guys don't love us anymore, but look, we support Cap. We're Cap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is any other game? Um, you know, developer going to do this, I <laughs> right? Uh, that's I, and that's what they're that's what they're trying to sell, right? Like that's what they're trying to sell. Like, look, if you get rid of the exclusivity deal, you you won't get cap in your game. And, and it's like, honestly, I like cap and everything. I support what he's he's going through, but he wasn't that great of a player. And um, yeah. Honestly, I don't care because I haven't bought a Madden since 08 anyway. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, ain't, it ain't changing anything. It's not, it's not changing anything for me either. Yeah, I mean, I support the cause, of course, because I'm a black man in America. But um, yeah, <laughs> beyond that, now that's going to end our quick, non-quick hits of this episode. <laughs>
Before I move on, I'm going to take 30 seconds and go to the bathroom. I'll be right back because it's like late. Ad break. This episode is brought to you by. All right, I'm back. I'm getting yelled at. So, um, uh, um, we're gonna just do the Golden Girl section and uh, cool. Go from there. All right. And okay. All right. So we're gonna go into our main event of the episode, our final topic tonight, and it is. And section of the reboot police. <laughs> yeah. So, Captain Rocket, Mr. Magic, and Lieutenant Unique DNA. And yes, I keep changing the ranks because it's fun. <laughs> we are <laughs> <laughs> wait. Wasn't like, was like, was like a sergeant before? Yeah, but um, uh, sheriff. We, we got promoted. You know, we, we, bust, we bust every time we bust these reboots, we get promoted. We're gonna be like double chief soon. Watch, 
Uh, <laughs> so recently, uh, an article came out uh, mentioning that Tracy Ellis Ross of Blackish and uh, Girlfriends fame was going to or suggesting a reboot of the Golden Girls with herself, Sanaa Lathan, Alfre Woodard, and Regina King. Mm-hmm. The reactions were mixed at best across the internet. Some people liked it. Some people loved it. Some people hated it. Some people were just like, huh? Um, <laughs> a, a lot of people were like, they're not old enough. Um, and I, <laughs> and I'm just like, you know, why is my, my big question. Um, unique DNA and I watched this unfold on zoom. Yes, we did. Um, so we realized, and it was clarified actually, um, on CNN's article that it's not intended to be a reboot of the show, but they wanted to like, you know, essentially do a table read. Mm-hmm. So we were present for this table read. What were your thoughts? You need to, before we talk about the read itself, what were your thoughts when this news first dropped? When it first came out, uh, I was, I was upset <laughs> um, for a lot of reasons. One's like, you know, this past, I mean, just looking at even just our past, what, four or five episodes over the last two months, we've talked about all white cast being recasted or rebooted as black uh, sitcoms or shows or whatever uh, with yep. the all black cast. And so um, I don't, feel like i need to rehash those thoughts but uh yeah just uh, just take all those thoughts and apply it to this one um and even more so for this one because i actually like the golden girls oh that was actually a show that i enjoyed and i liked um and you know um they weren't overtly uh racist or anything like that um actually they were very inclusive considering it was a all white older lady cast. Um, And so, um, yeah, I always, I always enjoyed the show. I loved the show. I used to watch it. I remember watching it with my grandmother sometimes and stuff like that. So um, yeah, I have nothing but good memories of the show. Um, And so I didn't, I didn't feel like it needed a reboot, especially I didn't feel like it needed an all black reboot. Um, but then once it got clarified uh, that it was going to be a one night only thing, uh, some of that anger, it was more of a, once I realized it was more of a tribute than a reboot, um, you know, it kind of, it changed my perspective a little bit. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I'll leave it at that and I'll let you. <laughs> me? Your- You'll put it on me. Um, <laughs> oh, we- I-, I think you need to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I see folks, I think um Unique Dune's putting this on me because he knows that I normally have extreme vitriol to spew upon this. Um uh, <laughs> yeah, as a Golden Girls fan, um 
I, I, you know, we've made, we've made our opinions clear on lazy writing, palette swapping and all of that. So I'm not going to rehash that. Um, if I'm looking, if it, and, and again, looking at it in the eyes that it was going to be a reboot, I was like, okay, the, the cast is fantastic. These are all very talented women um, with Tracy Ellis Ross, in my opinion, and not to, this is not a diss on her, um, but she's, you know, she seemed to be the organizer and the least talented of the four of them. Um, and then I started thinking to myself, well, who would play whom? Um, my my guess was correct. Um, and if I was going to cast a black female version of the Golden Girls, um, even though she's too young for it, in my opinion, and if, if I, I think that she's too young, um, Tracy Ellis Ross would be the one playing Rose. Sonali Lathan would be the one playing Blanche. Regina King would be the one playing uh, Dorothy and Alfie Woodard being a, the oldest of that group. And I think the only one even truly in the Golden Girls age range uh, playing Sophia. Um, she, and she's also the one that of those four that I was like, I wouldn't have ca cast her as Sophia. Um, to me, she's too young to play the the oldest one of the group mm -hmm. uh, even though IRL she wasn't the oldest but you know she was you know she played Dorothy's mother so um for her to to pretend to be acting as someone of that age um even for a table read it was like I, I wasn't I wasn't feeling that mm -hmm. uh, you know I would have definitely would have preferred someone older but um you know, shout out to you for hooking me up with that Zoom link because I clicked away to I think I wish you got it was gonna be in the first time, but then I was like, um, I don't know why I backed I, I thought you wanted to talk about it and I didn't because I didn't realize it was a Zoom show. Right. Um, yeah. And I was like, someone wants to talk to us about it, cool, when? And I, I I just I didn't get it. Yeah, silly me. But um so but hook up pick up to pickups to you for enabling you to watch it. And with the proper um proper perspective on what it was, it was cool. Um you know, Chasey Ellis Ross was a good rose. Sanaa was fantastic as she always is, um, as Blanche. And you can and she was and she was acting. She was given sultry looks, she was given attitude. Um Ellis Ross was being giggly and bubbly like Rose. Regina King was being uh very you know, uh, snarky and, and sarcastic. Uh, Alfrey did her best. Again, she's just too young to, to truly be playing the Sophia character. But um, it was fun. Seeing Jesse Williams show up was fun. Um, uh, I forget her name, the girl that started, the woman that started The Shy and was in Ready Player One, the movie. Um, her as a narrator, was she, you could tell she was having fun. Um it was it was cool. It was enjoyable, and Jesse Williams playing all the male roles. That second part was was also entertaining, um, and 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 these are fantastic talents. Um, so I I really uh, enjoyed that, and I would love to see more of stars doing table reads of shows that they weren't in, for um from their time before their time whatever. Um, I think that's a, I think that's a cool thing. Um, cause you really get to see how their talent is. 
uh, and goes beyond the things that they're known for. And you get to see different uh, takes, different depictions upon characters that, um, you know, that, that you, that you know, and love without those characters being disrespected. So right. uh, I, I'm totally for more tribute table reads that that's cool. Um, I just, you know, don't need what we initially thought it was going to be and that they were going to just make a black version of the golden girls, because that's, you know, we've made our, our, our feelings clear on that, on those topics. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I, I feel the same way. Like once it, you know, once we got in, we started watching and, um, you know, I was in a little bit before you, you missed the first, the first, yeah, uh, the first act. I'm a little upset. Um, you actually, yeah, you came in right into the costume change. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, once I got, you know, the, I came in and, uh, what's her name? Uh, Lena, yes. the narrator, um, she kind of broke down uh, like how everything was going to go and what it was about. And I was like, Oh, this is pretty cool. I would love to see this like more often. And apparently, um, which is the part that you miss is that they're going to do this more often. I don't know how often, but, um, Apparently they have more stuff in, in mind. Um, at least that's the way they said it. Um, so cool. that'd be pretty cool um, just to see that. And like you said, they would. They were. I, they even did costume changes and you know scenes. Yeah. And I mean, I, it was it was it was a black screen, but um, you know they did the little costume changes and stuff, which is, I thought was cool. And it added a little bit of um, just a little bit of. Um, spice to it if you will yeah yeah provided you know the fact that hey they're acting they're they're performing um right. and yeah I, I i was digging it yeah um the script was cool it was good um decent script you know yeah. um yeah i mean overall i liked it yeah, i definitely thought they were too young but um you know overall it was cool i liked it i enjoyed it um, it did get political at the end, <laughs> which <laughs> you, know, you know what? It wasn't part of the performance, so yeah. you know, I was like, okay, I'm, I, I was waiting to see if they were going to do more, and then they were like, then they kept on talking about the census and everything. I'm like, all right, this this is clearly over, and you know, whatever. I mean, we know we can't escape, um, you know, the people throwing politics, you know like or dislike you know in a lot of the, a lot of media so um you know it it is what it is um uh, it didn't take away from the performance thankfully so yeah and that, that was cool um and i do hope they continue more and i hope we see not just with that 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 group but that uh um you know we get to see other stars doing it and also i would love to see people's you know youtube channels doing this i would like to see some um up and coming um aspiring actors doing reads like this you know um i think that would be really enjoyable to to watch and see other people's talent uh as well so i don't know maybe maybe g nation will uh throw something together and maybe some aspiring actors and actresses some jeetstresses and jeetors who want to do some table reads. I've got some screen, some screenplays that uh to help me with my screenwriting uh, and formatting examples and such. You know, I've got Rocky and some other ones. Maybe we'll uh have some fun. See what we can do. Yeah, I mean, I'm a terrible actor, but sure, why not? <laughs> why not? It's all fun. It's all good. 
Why not? Well, that is going to be it, Jeeks, for this episode of the original Jeek podcast, made by he and I to bless your earballs. I am your host, Rockin' Mr. Magic. He is Unique DNA. And we want to thank you again for listening. But we can't do it without your support, you Jeeks who press play all the time to keep this show going. So please rate review the show if you haven't already on your podcasting app of choice we are on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify stitcher Castbox, and more search jeek nation in any of those you will find the original jeek podcast you'll also find our sister show breaking ring rust and any future shows that will be coming down the line if you can't find us let us know send us an email jeeknation and gmail.com or message us on Facebook or Twitter at Jig Nation. And until next time, peace. Ready to make an entrance, so back cut. DJ what? And you're listening to the original Jeek Podcast.